Well, a pleasant good Tuesday morning to you. And if it's Tuesday morning, that means that there was probably Monday night football. We'll get into that in just a second. I'm Trace Fowler, and this is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. And we're going to start with what's important now, and that's what happened last night. Um, it, it was honestly like a perfect script, you know, one that they would probably put together in Hollywood and, and, and think that it was a great storyline and everybody would say, well, that seems a little too far-fetched. You have a guy in the shadows of New York City playing on September 11th named Aaron Rodgers, just acquired, by the way, just acquired Aaron Rodgers, runs out on the field, wielding an American flag, crowd goes crazy. There's patriotism everywhere. And it was one of those times when you're sitting there watching and you realize that the NFL is, quite frankly, king. Rodgers joined the Jets, who really, if we're being honest, seemed as if the only missing piece they needed was a quarterback. And it just so happens that Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played the game. Well... Jets fans, probably for the first time since maybe Curtis Martin, maybe you'd say Rex Ryan, were probably believing that they could win it all. Little did we all know, that's pretty much where the fairy tale would end. Rodgers would take all of four snaps. Four total snaps. And it appears to be a ruptured Achilles for Aaron Rodgers. Now, some are saying, well, of course, it depends on what comes back today. Listen, if you have half a brain, you know what happened. X-rays came back negative, but if you don't know anything about uh, medicine, X-rays don't really tell you much about a ruptured Achilles. So, for all lack of a better term, without any unbelievable news coming out of New York, Aaron Rodgers is done for the year. For those who are wondering what an Achilles rupture looks like, nine months is about the expected return rate yet on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. And I think it's reasonable to say, and maybe you could say that this is oversell. I don't know if it is. I, is that the last time we see Aaron Rodgers? The guy's considered retirement for years, and now we're in a position where he's going to have to look himself in the, in the mirror and wonder if it's worth it. There's still a game to be played, though, of course, right? Rodgers goes on to the tent, comes out of the tent, gets put on the cart. Cart takes him into the locker room. And here comes Zach Wilson. So they still had to play a game. Josh Allen and the Bills, who keep, they keep being put on this pedestal, they would lead the game for every single game second of it that sounds like one of those fifth grade riddles they give you the critical thinking riddles they give you in class and they ask you how does this happen well the Jets would force overtime on maybe the catch of the year we'll see there's a lot of football to be played but Garrett Wilson gave his gave his best for those that didn't see it you can go find the clip we'll try to stay off the copyright game here on Chatterbox Sports early on this Tuesday morning. But it's not hard to find. Garrett Wilson makes an unbelievable catch. Ties the game. Game would go into overtime. 
with nine minutes and two seconds left in overtime, Xavier Gibson would return a 65-yard punt return for a touchdown, making the Jets winners 22-16. to And the storyline, after all of that, still Aaron Rodgers. It's still Aaron Rodgers. But I also want to say, you know who gets a pass right now that I'm sure that perhaps maybe we should talk about it? Maybe we shouldn't. I think that some would say it's overreacting. Some say it's not. Is Josh Allen good at football? Is he a is he a quarterback that can take you and win you a Super Bowl? Because if he is, he's going to have to be a little more careful with the football. Have you seen a franchise quarterback be that careless with the football since Brett Favre? I don't know if I have, quite frankly. And don't get me wrong, the Jets defense is really good. The Jets defense, you. Is, Elite is the term to use. The Jets defense may be the best defense in the entire NFL. But this is two games in a row where Josh Allen, quite frankly, has just not played good football. Outside the NFL, for those that are scoreboard watching for your Cincinnati Reds, it was a tough one last night. Coined the phrase off of Z Brazilianaires. It was a tough one. Late comebacks from the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and I guess we'll still say the Cubs, although I think that's an irrelevant conversation at this point to be scoreboard watching the Cubs. But they all have late comeback wins, and that would make the Reds lose ground a full two games with everything still in front of them. How many games do the Reds need to win? We'll get into that. But first, we'll start with the NFL because it's king. Can we at least admit around the room? That the NFL, the product, started on Thursday. Had an un- unbelievable game is a strong word. But a pretty damn good, fun, entertaining game to watch on Thursday. You fast forward to Sunday. You got all the games you could ask for on a Sunday afternoon to watch that would entertain you. And how do they do it? They did bore you to death on Sunday night, to be fair. But then on Monday night, they redeemed themselves. Um, did you watch the whole game? Did you, did, were you, were you uh, just kind of like going around the house doing some chores? Did you get to see most of it? Where are we at around the room? Well, good morning, Trace. Hi, my name's Reed Mouse. I'm from Hamilton, Ohio. And uh, when I got married, the priest compared me and Mariana's marriage to three movies, Armageddon, Titanic, and Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. But yeah, um, I didn't get to watch most of the game last night. Actually, a funny quote from my, from my beloved wife. She looked at me when I turned on the game late in the third quarter, and she says, they play football on Mondays? I said, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you're caught up, man. I'm glad you're caught up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, listen, NFL is truly king. And uh, I, I've told you guys this, and I'll say it here live on air, um, a losing battle that a lot of baseball fans like us, like Elliot is, like I am, like Correct. you are, Trace, we're all baseball fans here. A losing battle that, that we continuously try to do is act like once football season starts that, that baseball doesn't take a back seat to that. And that's just, just, I really feel like that's a losing battle. So you just should stop doing it. Like we should all collectively just own up to the fact that the NFL is king. It's fine. We still love our baseball. We'll still watch our baseball, but let's stop trying to fight the thing. Like, oh, the, the Reds are in a playoff on, oh, the Cubs, uh, there's still baseball going on. It takes a back seat right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you, I couldn't care less that there was baseball games being played yesterday. I think it's going to be a little different tonight uh, when the Reds are the only sport. So I'll, I'll be watching the Cincinnati Reds, but NFL is king. NFL is, NFL is the best sport. 
in America. <clears throat> Excuse me as I, as I deal with my throat. You need some Pawnee water, dude? I've got some, actually. It's Thank the you. natural limestone filtration for me. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, NFL is the best. I, I could watch an NFL Sunday the whole day. I literally – 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock. That's, that's my entire Sunday, all NFL games. I have to work on getting the Sunday ticket, the ticket, no free ads. But it's just, it's just the best. Last night I watched the entire game. I was a little concerned that it was going to be another clunker, but it was close. It was fun. Josh Allen made it competitive by just turning it over every single time he had the football. So that was good. Zach Wilson, not great. Zach Wilson's a pretty bad quarterback, if I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, and they have five more primetime games, the Jets do. Five. Zach Wilson, five-time primetime. Not going to be good. But the game was amazing. The catch was the clutch catch. Ending it on a game-winning punt return is probably the coolest thing of all time in overtime. By the way, and I thought they changed that rule. Is that just playoffs now where both teams get the ball? Yeah. Okay, yes. it's just, that's just playoffs. You can, all still, right. you can still walk it off with a touchdown. Okay. Well, either way, it was a great game. The Jets are back. All the way back. I don't think the Jets are back at all. I think the Jets' season ended yesterday after four snaps, and I think that the— uh, I think most Jets fans probably feel that way, whether they want to admit it or not. If you watch Zach Wilson play for any length of time yesterday, and I get you could say, well, he didn't get first-team snaps, he doesn't have first-team reps, there's not enough chemistry there, you got to give Zach Wilson some time. I don't know. Zach Wilson got a full year to play last year. Looked so bad, they went out and just did whatever they possibly could to court Aaron Rodgers. They finally got him. Zach Wilson takes a back seat, and he looked Horrible yesterday. Horrible. I mean, the ball that he threw to Garrett Wilson was absolutely disgusting mess. And Garrett Wilson made... What a lead. What an unbelievable catch. See, I think you're, I think you're underselling the throw. I think, I think he just... Some, receiver, some quarterbacks make receivers look great. That was Zach Wilson yesterday on the Garrett Wilson touchdown. I agree. I agree. Oh, if, now if, they're both doing it. No, no, no. <laughs> it's no, Tuesday. We're allowed doing it on Tuesday. Right under the bridge they come. No, I think, yeah, Zach Wilson. But you have to remember, Zach Wilson, like, I mean, that was he was under fire there. He, he had no, there was no thought in his mind that he was going to be playing in that game. So it was like a preseason game for him. The, the thing about Zach Wilson and, and the New York Jets, they continuously try to get rid of him. I think someone's put this in the chat. He just keeps showing up at the door. It's, it's almost like, you know, you're bringing a girl to a bar. That's your, your new girl, right? You're taking her to the bar. That's Aaron Rodgers. Then you guys get in a fight, and then at the end of the night, you're just ex-girlfriend sitting at the end. You're like, it's closing time. I guess we got to go home. <laughs> Salah, the head coach of the Jets, looked visibly upset when he had to call <laughs> Zach Wilson on, on, onto the field. And I think, like, all the players on the team, all, all the players in the Jets hate him, too. I, I, <laughs> the funny thing is, though, he won, he won a game. He won a pretty big game against the Bills, so – I don't. I mean, from from here on out, they're gonna have to just deal with Zach Wilson. I don't think everybody's talking about replacements. Everyone's talking about bringing back Tim Tebow, Colin Kaepernick, some elite talent. I, I don't think they're gonna do that. I don't think that's very realistic. So it's gonna be the Zach Wilson show. Should, should they trade for Mike White? Remember the Mike White era when? Is he still on the team? No, he's on the Dolphins now. Someone put in the chat, but man, what a bad Sunday that was when Mike White. Yeah, the, maybe the best thing that happens in the NFL anytime there's an injury to a quarterback and there's this search, there's this nationwide search, as they call it maybe, at least they do in corporate America, um, where you, you have just random names that get thrown out. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, a guy that nobody talked about at all the entire preseason, 
now is the front-running candidate on X.com to take over the Jets franchise and lead them to a Super Bowl. And I get, I get some of it because Carson Wentz, I guess, in a small moment of his career, looked like a guy. But that was so long ago that you have to ask yourself, is that even a realistic expectation anymore? And the answer is obviously no. I think you just ride it out with Zach Wilson if you're the Jets, but the problem is he's just not good. And I think they know he's not good. And unfortunately, the Jets are in a position right now where they're they're just really good. They have good weapons, too, on offense. At least I be, I, I do feel that way. I, I, I Garrett Wilson's a great receiver. The Brees Hall kid they have is really, really good, talented. In fact, Brees Hall kept him in that football game a large portion of it. The only way they could move the ball was to give, give Hall the ball. And now you're in a position where... The season's over. Say whatever you want. Convince yourself if you're a Jets fan that it's not. It's over. It's over. Which goes back to, I guess, the biggest point there is in the NFL. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team, you don't have a chance. Simple as that. The Jets roster, I would argue, is the best roster in the NFL minus the quarterback now. Will you ask me to do power rankings, which we'll do those in just a little bit. The Jets might be number one on my power ranking list. If they had a quarterback. That's how good I think they are. Now, honestly, they're not even in the top 10. I, I feel like the 49ers have the exact same problem. And they've, I mean, the, the 49ers are top three in every single position except for quarterback. They got Brock Purdy. I think uh, you're right. But I mean, like, if they had a better quarterback, they'd be, they'd be the best team in the league. And they still might be the best team in the league despite having an unproven quarterback. Yeah, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. I, and, and Zach Wilson is, is not a quarterback, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, the the uh, Brock Purdy, I, I, don't, I don't buy Brock Purdy, but at the same time, he's done nothing to say why he can't be an NFL quarterback. He's, he's done his job. He's game-managed to perfection in San Francisco. Brees Hall, by the way, last night at one point had two carries for like 107 yards. That was a fun little stat. He had an 84-yard run and a 26-yard run, uh, something along the lines of that. So that was cool. But I think the Jets are absolutely one of the most talented teams in the NFL. No doubt. Dalvin Cook is your backup. So that's a pretty good place to be. It is a good place to be. What's not a good place to be clearly is, is in a situation that the Jets find themselves in now, which is what do you do? What do you do? Because if you want to convince yourself that Zach Wilson could be a guy – I think it would be pretty demeaning to his young career. And I'm usually not a one for feelings, but how demoralizing would it be if you're Zach Wilson and you get drafted in the first round by the franchise that believes in you. And then quite frankly, a year later, Aaron Rodgers gets courted in and you could kind of justify the means with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like if you're Zach yeah. Wilson, you could be like, okay, they still believe in me, but they got a chance for Aaron Rodgers. I think we can understand why they would want to go do that. But now if they were to say, okay, hey, listen, we're going to give Carson Wentz a shot or Jameis Winston a shot or someone else of that caliber a shot, I'm sorry, but Zach Wilson has to look in the mirror and think, man, the Jets truly don't believe in me at all. And maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe he could still overcome that and become an NFL franchise quarterback. But if you watch him play over an extended period of time, by extended period of time, I mean two snaps or more. I think you quickly realize he's just not good enough. He's not good enough. Um, but now that that opens the door for what we thought was a tough division. It still is a tough division. Don't get me wrong. But the Bills, are you sold on the Bills after watching that? Uh, listen, the Bills clearly have have a big problem, and their and their big problem is is they rely too heavily on their quarterback. And I know my 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 
opinion in the National Football League is quarterback is king. You got to have a guy to, to win. And Josh Allen has shown he's a guy. It's just I've, I've never seen a quarterback try to win – every single play you know what i'm saying like they like yeah. every he, he's had this ability see it's it's the it's the problem where he's done it right he's done herculean things out on the gridiron he's done things that make you go wow this guy might be the best quarterback in the league sometimes you watch him and he's absolutely jaw drop jaw dropping incredible but when you get away with doing stupid things with the football as a quarterback you think you can always get away with it that was the problem, as you alluded to, to Brett Favre. And I think that's a really good comparison for Josh Allen. Obviously, Josh Allen moves a lot more than, than Brett Favre, at least at least in, in standard run plays. But, yeah, he just is careless. And at what point do you um, do you ask him, like, hey, we need, to, we need to pull it back a bit because we know you can do these things, but is the juice worth the squeeze? And a lot of the times it's not. They've got a really good roster. The Bills truly do have a really good roster. You don't win 10 games in the NFL in a, in a, in a relatively, if not the best division in football. I, I think that the AFC East might be the best division in football. Um, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers being hurt, that that tempers that. But it's still a really good division. And they've won 10 games in that division for the past three, four years. So they're clearly a really good team. You just you got a problem where you're, you're relying too heavily on this quarterback that is Josh Allen. He's like a video game player or a video game character. When you're playing Madden and you're and you're playing against your buddy, you're just throwing hail marys. You're just doing all kinds of weird stuff. Turnovers don't matter. It's it's how he operates. It's Josh Allen goes out there. He tries to play hero ball when he doesn't need to. At some point, you have to dial it back. You have to be a game manager when your team's winning and you're and, and it's a rainy night, and and that's how you have to deal with it. Josh Allen doesn't know how to do that. He just goes full throttle, like Reed says, every single play. And eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch up to him. And right now you're seeing it. They lost that game last night because of Josh Allen. So if Josh Allen continues this way, the Bills are not going to be a playoff team if, if they're going to just throw the ball willy-nilly when you have a lead against a team who can't score. The Jets were unable to score points last night. All the Bills had to do was run the ball, just run out the clock. And they couldn't do it. Josh Allen, four turnovers. And yeah, and to, for what it's worth, Josh Allen did lead – the Bills down the field in the final the final ticks of the game to to send it into overtime, right? Because the Jets took the lead, and you know they go forty yards downfield, and with a minute minute to go, like he still got that. And if you look at um, Football Reference, which they have a thing called approximate value, which is I don't know how they calculate it, but it's the equivalent of football WAR in, in like in baseball. And he's led the league in that stat the past two years, so he's he's clearly a really good quarterback. But at some point, you gotta you gotta be like, hey hey brother. We, you got to rein it in here. We got to we got to rein it in, or else we're going to keep losing these games that we shouldn't lose. Yeah, being great at the two minute drill is incredible. Being clutch like that is awesome. But the two minute drill is the two minute drill. It's not the fourteen minute left in the third quarter right. drill. So you don't need to be throwing over the middle. You don't need to be slinging hail marys down the field to Stephon Diggs and double coverage, which is what he did last night. Easy interceptions. So I I, I think the Bills are good. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're going to the playoffs. I think the Dolphins are probably the best team in the AFC East as of right now. But I, I don't think this is any kind of worrisome issue for the Bills. I think they'll be fine. Just hone it in. Rain it in. Yeah, three of the top five Super Bowl favorites lost in week one. The Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. Yeah, I mean, it should give you a little bit of, a little bit of optimistic outlook if you're a Bengals fan because 
the, the way you lose obviously certainly matters a little bit. To your point, though, Reed, yesterday, the, the way in which you've become um, – you're passionate about this topic or and or point yesterday is is true though all that matters is whether you win or you lose at the end of it um i think more or less the reason that maybe some people care about the way that it looks is because of what the perception of that would be of how you are going to play moving forward the Bengals played so bad that you start to question whether or not they're going to bounce back and play like that again against the ravens or are they going to be their same old selves that they've used to be and kind of get back on track, and then all is forgotten about the blowout loss in Cleveland, similar to same as it was last year. The issue is that with Josh Allen with me is simply based off the fact that I don't know if he can turn it off. Maybe he can, maybe he can't, but there's a time and a place for everything. When you're in a game that you realize that you are kind of, for, for lack of a better term, a pitcher's duel, if you want to jump from a sport to a sport here, you got to know that the, the, the premium is to protect the football and take care of the football and not give the other team momentum. I felt like, quite frankly, the Jets were dead. The Jets were dead. And I, you'll figure out the kid's name. The kid, the kid that got three interceptions yesterday um, single-handedly brought life back into that stadium. And you can say an interception is as good as a punt. I don't believe that. Largely because I do, psych, I do think psychological things affect games. I don't think it's just strictly like, oh, you throw a pass 35 yards down the field, it gets intercepted, it's the same as a punt that goes 35 yards. I know from a sheer, a sheer number standpoint, it's the exact same thing, but I think from a psychological perspective, it changes the influence of what a game can be. You start to believe on the sideline when you have a huge momentum play, if you want to call it that, and Josh Allen continues time and time again to provide the other team with momentum-boosting plays. So, do the Jets come back and win yesterday if Josh Allen throws no interceptions or maybe just one? Maybe they do. I don't know. I'm not suggesting that Josh Allen lost the game. And certainly without Josh Allen, put it this way, if you put Zach Wilson on the Bills, they, they, they probably stand little to no chance. I'm not saying Josh Allen's terrible, but you have to start asking yourself, is he one of the top echelon guys of the league that he always gets put in? I don't know if he is. I don't know if he is. It feels more and more like in the NFL, as much as I couldn't stand Tom Brady when I watched him, as much as I used to make fun of Tom Brady for throwing dink and dunk passes all the way down the field, and it's like, well, anybody can do this. I'm starting to get older to a point now where I think, just quite frankly, the quarterback more or less manages a game than he does actually just be athletically unbelievable to produce highlights to win a game. And Josh Allen obviously is on the other end of the spectrum than a Tom Brady-type player. But I think I'd prefer to have the Burrows and the Bradys of the world than the Josh Allens of the world. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that Josh Allen isn't a, isn't a top-five quarterback. Because, I, I, I mean, other than last night, there's nothing to prove that he isn't. Over the past three years, he's thrown 4,500 yards a season. He's thrown for 35-plus touchdowns a season. He's rushed for over 700 a season and, and almost had 10 rushing touchdowns every year. I mean, that's, that's elite of elite. There's a reason that every single year when Vegas puts out odds on who, who's the MVP favorite, they're going to give Josh Allen some love and he's going to be up top three because he has that ability. But like you said and like you alluded to, it, it's a heart attack. That's all it is. Is is you're like you're you're relying too heavily on one guy. 
You're relying too heavily. If you want to keep jumping across sports, we can do it. You're relying too much on a home run swing, right? You're relying too much on the deep three. It's all or nothing all the time with Josh Allen. And for the most part, it works out. It really does. He, he, he truly is great. It's just when he's on prime time, it looks bad when you lose week one against a division rival because you turn the ball over four times. And out of those four turnovers, that led to 16 points for the New York Jets. Not a good look. I think that works out against inferior opponents, which is most of the season, right? There's only a handful of teams that have elite level defenses. It's kind of like, um, and, and again, I'm not trying to downplay anything that some pitchers do versus other pitchers but there's some pitchers that feast on bad lineups right they'll go out and throw eight innings of two hit ball and give up no runs and and dominate some bad lineup because they have a little bit of overpowering stuff but as soon as they face a lineup that has consistent deep good hitting team they struggle for whatever reason I almost feel like that is what it is for Josh Allen we'll see if I'm wrong they play all the games for a reason but um Casey McCollish has probably been, I'm going to warn you folks, he's probably been over there changing the background. Yesterday we had a pretty spirited debate. I don't know if it's uh, spirited is the right word, but that's the word that I'm going to use, uh, of what we should do in here. Should we go a green screen route behind him? Should we just put some banners up? And the truth is, is that I was on team green screen because I think over time when we get a little bit of a chance, we can do some cool things behind there. This is day number one, though, so that means that there's probably not something that's been that's been really ironed out, as they say. So Casey's in a position now where I think he's just not wanted to be on the show for the last 15 <laughs> to 20 minutes because he's just not sure what the hell he wants to put behind his face. This is the time we get to find out what exactly it is that Casey's been cooking for the past 25 minutes. It might be terrible. It might be great. But you know what? This show's going to find a way to be funny at some point, and this might be the start of it. Casey... What in the hell do you have going on over there? Uh, Trace, <laughs> oh, no. Trace, Trace oh, I, I, I had five different backgrounds. I was going to just switch between them and, and act like nothing was going on. But th- this is the first one. All right. We got bricks. Ooh, bricks. A brick background. I like, I like the that. bricks. I like the bricks. Ooh, abstract. What is that? A lot lot of shapes. That looks terrible. And then we got a wooden background. I love the wood. The wood looks all right. The wood looks okay. And then I have a video. Ooh, (laughs) looping background. So many opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what what to put back there. So um, I'm going to put put up the, uh, the wood. For now, because I think we all like the wood. Um, just to add on to this conversation, I mean, we, we talked a lot about Monday Night Football so far. Uh, my thoughts from the game, and I'll have more on the the show on tomorrow for Mac and JT. Um, losing Aaron Rodgers was just so crucial for for the Jets. I mean, their season's over; it's done. Um, Zach Wilson's not the guy. I don't think there's going to be a guy out there that's going to be able to replace him. I think the Jets are done. Um, Josh Allen, to me, is not a he, – he is exactly what you described, playing hero ball, and he's getting burnt for it now. The last 19 games, he's had 37 turnovers. It's not great. I mean, he's he is basically a mobile um, Winston. Jamison Winston. Can you guys believe that? 
That's pretty much what he is. He's I mean, basically that's a shot there. You better check. You better check your sheet, homie. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm he is. It's pretty much what he is. He can throw for four thousand yards and have thirty touchdowns, but he's going to have twenty-something turnovers, twenty-five turnovers. I mean, it's we not great. It is. It's not a good look. So that's my thoughts on Josh Allen. I, I'm going to have to reevaluate him as a top five quarterback, in my opinion, after this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you could disagree with the, the Josh Allen takes, but you know, I, I guess perhaps you could say that. He gives his team a chance to win a Super Bowl with him, which he does. But yeah. he's got to play. He's got to play a little more under control, which maybe he will. Maybe he'll change that. Maybe he'll find a way to start playing better football. But until he does, he's going to find themselves on the on the uh, the the hot seat, or 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 quite frankly, a place where he's going to be criticized. Um, it's probably that's probably where he's going to end up because I don't think he's going to change because that's just who you are. At some point, you are who you are. Josh Allen's a guy where he's going to go out and he's going to throw four touchdowns, run for 200 yards, or he might just go, you know, 50 yards of passing with, with four interceptions. I don't know. I really don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, we had a couple super chats. We did super chats, and I, th I, thought, uh, I thought that, you know, this is why the show's elite sometimes. A chat, Mr. Moe said, Jordan Whitehead's on pace for 51 interceptions this season. That is the young man's name that had all of the uh, – the success last night. I don't know how he went from having, I think, zero or three or less interceptions his entire season last year to having three in one night. So that's a good start. Uh, so shout out to him. Are you Drew, taking, go ahead. I was gonna say you're taking the over under on 51 interceptions for for. Jordan uh, yeah, uh -uh, I'm gonna go under. Uh, Drew Garrison, if this is where all of the super chat money went, it was a wise investment. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out what we can do. And that one guy, 15, says Dak and Josh Allen are the exact same player. I don't believe that, though. I think Dak is just not – he can't run like Josh Allen can run. Um, I do think they both have a tendency to, 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 to turn the ball over, but I'm not going to take Josh Allen and demean him as much as that. I don't think – Dak Prescott is not Josh Allen. Are, are, I mean, if we're having a serious – like, if you have – to win one game, are you taking Dak or Josh Allen? Because I don't think I think second. I don't think I think a second longer than taking Josh Allen. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Dak Prescott is. I don't even think Dak Prescott has the arm talent that Josh. I don't think there's any any metric that Dak Prescott is better than Josh Allen. In. The, o the only thing is they do do similar things in the fact that that when they beat it, when they play an inferior opponent, they ball out, right? That's that is something yep. that, that yeah. both players do. And I, but I, I just think Josh Allen is more arm strength. I think he's he's more accurate. I think he's faster. I I, I true. I mean, he's he's won more games. He's won more playoff games. I don't think Dak. I don't think Dak's close. Yeah, it's not even a question. All right, we have a. Uh, we're gonna do some power rankings around here. In the National Football League, this is this is where in about two months, maybe three months, if you went back and you clipped up this little segment, we'd all laugh about it because uh, you know that's what you do as humans. You overreact. You overreact. Um, we all, I think, I didn't really get a chance to hear everybody's list. I think we all have kind of a different type of uh, list. That maybe you two have the exact same one. I'm making an idiot of myself. But I was listening to some of the folks that you were rattling off. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not just going to crown someone just because of what they've done in the past. I'd like to watch week one and take it for what it is. And that's how I'm going to make my power rankings. I don't think that's the, that's, the, that's the route that you guys took. 
or is it? Uh, no. I listen. I I looked at it, and um, you know, I've had to take that uh, the AFC is much better than the NFC for the longest time. But after week one, I don't think you can can rationally say that. So without further ado, here's my top five power rankings. Um, coming in at number five, I have the Dallas Cowboys. They played the best game this week, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't even think to have the Dallas Cowboys in the top five, but when you beat an in-division team that made the playoffs last year 40 to nothing on primetime football. It's hard to not say that you're one of the best five teams in the National Football League. Number four, I, I would say no one has looked as exciting as the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they played so well that we're, we're talking about is, is Tua, once again, I mean, we we're talking about Tua being MVP middle of the season last year. We're talking about is Tua, when he's playing on the field, is he one of the best quarterbacks in the league? And with all the weapons he has around him with, with that offense, I mean, he, he put up 450 yards in, in week one against a good team in the Chargers that made the postseason last year. I'm not ready to write off the Kansas City Chiefs yet. I'm just just not ready to write off the Kansas City Chiefs. I was thinking about, I mean, what teams lost you know, the top three teams in the AFC before the season started were the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals, and all of them lost. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen play quarterback, and so I'm going to keep him at number three. And then the, the, the top two teams in the league are the 49ers and the Eagles because they have arguably the most complete rosters. It comes down to who has the better quarterback, and that's Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. So that's why I put the Eagles at one and the, the 49ers at two, although the Eagles almost blew a game in, in Gillette Stadium. They did. They did. Uh, you have to ask yourself the question of how much you believe in the Pats, uh, and also it would not be a uh, it would not be a graphic of Chatterbox Sports without a spelling error in it. What so, did we spell wrong? Well, I'll give you a guess. What do you think? Yep. KC. What? You, you know what they say. I mean, I, I was I so happy. What was the spelling error? E, it was except oh, after C. C. I before E. I mean, I did. I did it correctly C. on all the other graphics. I was just say it again. Correct. I was doing it correct. I did it correctly on all the other graphics. You heard the man. He did it correctly on all the other graphics. So they'll be correct for me. It's a good top five. Is it my turn? Yeah. I think ahead. it's your uh, turn. Elliot. All right. Well, here's my here's my list. I don't know if it's gonna be a bit or if it's real. Oh, it's a bit. So oh. number five, we have Jets with Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers came in, and I'm, I'm telling you the Jets were the best team in, in the NFL last night. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers left four snaps into the game, but if he were to be healthy, the Jets are number five on my power rankings. At number four is the, are the Jets with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson didn't look good, but the Jets looked good. The defense looked good. The running game looked good. Brees Hall looked elite. Every part of the Jets, the Jets roster looked phenomenal, except for Zach Wilson. However, he's the quarterback. So the Jets with Zach Wilson are number four. They played a great game, a good win. Uh, the Cowboys are number three. Cowboys won 40 to nothing against the Giants. I'm now doubters in the Giants. I, I kind of thought the Giants would be good this year. Daniel Jones isn't a great quarterback, but I thought he, he would be able to get the job done with Saquon Barkley. Unfortunately not. They were destroyed by the Cowboys' defense. The Cowboys have the best defense in the, in the National Football League. I think Dak Prescott's not great, but I think he's a more than serviceable quarterback when you're trying to win football games. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, great receivers they have. The Eagles, number two. I will say they looked a little shaky at times, but there was some Tom Brady magic. There was some dark magic over there in, in New England. Uh, his jersey was being retired. He was up there with Robert Kraft. There was some Tom Brady work going on there. So I, but I, other than that, I think the Eagles looked good. I still think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to, I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. 
Um, Jalen Hurts is unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. So Eagles are number two. And the 49ers outside of the Cowboys looked the most complete. They dominated the Steelers in every facet of the game. Uh, 49ers, are, 49ers are damn good. 49ers-Eagles will be my NFC Championship game. Uh, just two good teams there, really interchangeable. But those are my top five this week. Yeah, I, I don't know how the Dolphins aren't on the list, but I guess that leads me into uh, to my top five. And, you know, I'm in a position where you might laugh at some of these names, but I think at the end of the year you might look back and say, wow, Trace knows a little bit about ball. The Cowboys are a really, really good team. At some point, Dak Prescott has to start playing to a level in which I think he's capable of playing. It's, to be fair, it's not happened yet. But if he's able to play just at, a, at an average level from a quarterback position, the Cowboys are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. The Dolphins, I have been out on Tua for quite some time. If he's able to stay healthy, and that's a big, 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 big if. Huge if. I don't know if he's going to be stay healthy, but if he can stay healthy, I'm a Tua believer. I'm a Tua believer. I think that the Dolphins are going to be pretty damn good this year. Uh, they have weapons, and I think the quarterback pretty much is what leads the NFL, and Tua might be that guy. Uh, the 49ers, for everything that everyone else has said, and the Eagles, for the most part, pretty much, they just have an elite-level roster. And when you have an elite roster, you're going to find a way to win football games more times than not, and that's what the 49ers and Eagles will do. And I guess the Eagles, you could say, have a chance to win the Super Bowl, and I don't know if the 49ers do as much as I like Brock Purdy. I just don't know if they're going to get him over the hump. And then the Chiefs. Uh, I did not want to leave the Chiefs off just because they lost to the Lions by a single point. And that's because Travis Kelsey didn't play. When Travis Kelsey comes back, I think that uh, I'm not saying he's the straw that serves the drink. Uh, many people will think that I'm a Patrick Mahomes hater if I say that. I think he's a pretty big damn deal, though. I think that Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end to ever play the sport. And without him, it's a significant, significant difference. So I, I, I hold back and say I'd like to see the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey before I move forward and say they should be outside the top five. Um, and Travis Kelsey, for all intents and purposes, should be back very, very soon. I don't know if Casey has his stink list ready. I don't want to throw you under the bus right now. Um, but if you do, Casey, what exactly, uh, what exactly does a stink list entail this year? Is it going to be serious? Or was it, I mean, I guess, was it all serious last year? Or do you think it was a bit? Where were we at with that? I mean, it was a, it was a mixture of both. I mean, it's ready if we want to go ahead and go to the segment. I well, think let's, let's, let's roll the segment, right? Let's just do it. Look at you in the Queen City. The stink list. The stinkiest of lists. Here we go. And fade. I'll uh, make that graphic a little smaller here so we can all see that there we go all right so 49ers they look like the best team in football right now um hands down brock purdy i think uh he might be legit he might be legit i mean the throws that he was making to iuk yesterday not yesterday two days ago they were elite throws i mean he was putting it on the back shoulder um he looks ready to go Dallas Cowboys defense, probably the best in football. The Chiefs with Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, yeah, they're back. Eagles, I know they uh, almost lost in Gillette Stadium, but I think the Patriots are actually a lot better. I know they're on the stench list, but I think they're, they're ready to come back. Dolphins, they look really good too. Tua, balling out. 
Jags got it done against the Colts. Bengals dropped quite a bit. They were second last time. Now they're all the way down to the seventh best team. And then right behind them is Baltimore. Let's see if the Bengals can get that done. Um, the Lions proved a lot to me. They are, I think, 10th. If I can do math right, and that's ninth. Sorry. Chargers, they're right there against the Dolphins, but uh, Justin Herbert just can't finish a good game. Um, I don't know what to do about that. They're a good roster, but I, I don't know what to make of that. Stafford's a good quarterback, guys. Yes. Stafford's yeah, a is. really good no, quarterback. No and I, you know, we, for the longest time, I think it was just because he was hurt all last year, but he makes that team go. And when he's there and he makes that team go, they're a very solid team. I like Sean McVay a lot. I think he makes that roster click. Doesn't matter who's there. They've got enough pieces to make some noise. I like the Rams a lot. Josh Allen stinks as of right now. He stinks. So Bills all the way down in the stink list. Packers, they're right there. They, they went from stench to stink. I think if they uh, get a couple more wins here, they, they might – be in the odorless category. I mean, they that that, <laughs> that, that roster that roster only had one glaring weakness, in my opinion, and that was quarterback. And quarterback play has been solid week one. Let's see if that continues. Browns, they stink. Uh, Seahawks, they really stinked week one. Um, I was very disappointed in the Seahawks. Uh, they 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 just. It was partially because I underestimated the Rams, and they uh, don't play the Rams well, so they're stuck in stink. Falcons beat the Panthers. They don't move up a lot, but I expect them to keep trending upwards. Jets, they're in the stench category. They only move up a little bit because I was pretty much right. That offensive line pretty much ruined their entire season right off the get, so they stink. San, uh, not San Francisco. The Saints – um, they barely beat the Titans. That doesn't really move the needle for me. Same with Tampa. They they beat a, uh, a a a fraud of a team in the Vikings. So that doesn't Ooh, really move Vikings the needle frauds. for me either. Um, Patriots moved up quite a bit. They moved to the top of stench. Um, keep proving it to me, Mac Jones. Keep keep doing what you're doing. I mean, they did a lot against what was the number one defense last year. So. Looking forward to seeing that progress. Vikings were frauds. Colts look pretty good. Anthony Richardson, um, he balled out. I don't know if he's hurt. He got a little banged up there at the end of the ball game, but they look solid. Panthers for the first half looked pretty good, and then uh, the Falcons' defense, like I've been talking about all year, got to them and picked them off a couple times. Raiders, they beat the Broncos. That doesn't really move the needle for me either. Washington, they actually moved down a bit because they almost lost the Cardinals. That was that was bad. Giants, they were frauds too. They moved down quite a bit. Texans, they actually played okay against the Ravens. The box score doesn't suggest that, but they played pretty decent up until the final end of the game. And then Bears, you finally convinced me. They stink. They 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 are just one of the worst teams in football right Franchises, now. Franchises, fix it. Franchises, yeah. Broncos, they, they're in a really tough spot. Cardinals, I mean, they, they had some life. They're not at the bottom of the list anymore, but yeah, they're they not, there's not much life there. <laughs> Titans. What do you mean they're not at the bottom? They're at the very bottom. No, the very bottom is the Steelers. They looked <laughs> awful. 
awful. As, you know what we need to do on the stinkless Casey McAllister? We need that? to get a little box. We need to get a little box over there in the in, over there in like the right hand corner, and we're gonna have to get your face on it while you run through this list. That's what we're gonna need to do. We'll make a note for that for the next stink list. We'll get a little square so we can see you rattling off all these teams. How could you say the Browns though, a team that's in the stink list? I mean, I just don't get that. I think that was shtick. I'm just. Uh, I think that's a good shtick there. I mean, they they stink. I don't know what else to say. I mean, they they beat a team that is notoriously bad in the first two weeks of the season. That doesn't really move the needle for me. I don't know. I think you had the I think you had the Patriots too low. The Patriots I, I'm I'm kind of on that. Patriots took a team that won, that went to the Super Bowl last year, took their best punch early on, went down 16 nothing and then had a chance to win the game and Mac McCork Michael McCorkle Jones looked pretty good. I don't disagree with that. I I agree with you, Reed. I I didn't move them because I want to see it continue, right? I want to see some consistency first before moving anyone majorly. So I want to see how they do against, I think they play the Dolphins. If they play really well against the Dolphins, then then we're going to have some conversations about how bad Matt Patricia is because he was the offense coordinator last year, and he just completely ruined that offense from what it was when Mac Jones was a rookie. So, I mean, he, he was decent his rookie season. I, I still believe in Mac Jones. I think, I think there's something there. I think there was a lot – there's a lot telling that they played well against the Eagles. Listen, the AFC East is a freaking gauntlet, guys. Whether you guys realize it or not, the, the Patriots just took the Eagles down to the final final seconds. The, um, the Dolphins were all in, I think, in every single one of our top fives. The Jets, who just lost their, their, their quarterback, beat a preseason Super Bowl favorite in the Bills. And then the Bills have won 10 games for the past four years. Like, that's a really, really tough division to win games in. And I think I, I, any four of those teams, I mean, outside of maybe the Jets, you could see winning 10-plus games, and it wouldn't surprise you guys one bit. Let's get to the real conversation, which is what Drew Garrison's asking in the chat, which I think is an absolutely elite question. How much money does it take to get your own picture that you'd like to display behind Casey McAllister's head during some of the parts of the show? It's almost like it's got to be a lot because, you know, this takes some work around here. So I don't want to make it sound like yeah. we're going to try to overprice this. But I do think it's a fair question and one that we should discuss right now and figure out on the fly. I yeah. think, I think personally, maybe I'm overselling this. But fifty bucks gets you five minutes of airtime. If it's fifty, I think it should be. I think it should be ten minutes. Ooh, ten. Yeah. Reed, do you have yeah. a thought? No. It's also got to be appropriate. <laughs> but th yeah, it's got to be appropriate. But and you know, again, this is a very serious sports talk show, so it can't be a joke picture. It's got to be a real. It's got to be him smiling, maybe in a suit. If you if you got a picture of you in a suit, maybe that maybe on your wedding day or some sort, some 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 type of image like that would be great. Uh, but I think $50 for 10 minutes is a fair price. It's a very fair price. 25 for five. No, see, I think that's where we draw the line. It's like 50, 50 for 50 for five, a hundred for 20. I'll, 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 I'll go down. 20. I'll say, I say you get 50, you get 50 for 10. You get a hundred for any time Casey talks on the show. Your picture is up behind him. You get, like the, you get the day. You get, you the, get day. the day. You get I the like, two-hour segment. I like I'm that. I'm cool with that. $100 for the day. $100. That's the day rate. That's the day rate here at Chatterbox Sports Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. And people got to remember, too, <laughs> it's not even just – this isn't going to be the permanent look. It's actually going to be 
Bring back the abstract. Uh oh. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. I think it's it's actually going to be that. Nice. So oh, you're going to have a lot of now real estate. Now we're talking. You're going to have a lot of real estate to work with <laughs> Is here. That Ferris wheel right in the middle there? of the show. <laughs> so I I don't know. I I kind of like that idea. I like it. I'll tell you what, Casey. You throw a little. You throw a little. Um, a black background behind that and throw the transparency on that and just darken it down just a little bit there. It might be onto something. It might look like a real telecast. I think we should it might just be have, serious around here. I say we should just have Dua Lipa dancing behind Casey every every time that we, we that go too. over. I mean, let's let's spice this show up a little bit. Let's get a little <laughs> fun with it. Let's let's get some eye candy. Not that Casey's not eye candy because he is that handsome fellow over there. But come on, little Dua Lipa dancing behind Casey. Let's rock and roll, <laughs> guys. Serious sports show. This is the serious sports show, especially at 10 o'clock in Cincinnati. I can promise you that. It's maybe the only one, but it's definitely the most serious. Speaking of Cincinnati, uh, the Reds lost ground yesterday. And I guess we're scoreboard watching at this point. It seems appropriate that you should scoreboard watch. The question is, is how much should you take it to heart of what happens around the league, right? Um, the Reds are in a position where they're two games back. We said it yesterday at length, 17 to play. They got a three-game series against the Tigers. The Tigers are pretty bad at baseball, if we're being completely honest. They're from Detroit, and everybody in Detroit is focused on the Lions, so there shouldn't be much of a home field advantage for any of these games that are going on at uh, Comerica no. Park. Did I get that right? That's Com not Comerica. right. Is it still Comerica? I, mean, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, I it's a question. It's, it's a question. Field. Big field. I think it's still Comerica. It's a it's massive Comerica. field. If you've not seen it, it's a massive field, and uh, hopefully the Reds can find a way to score some runs because that's, a, that's basically been the thing that's hindered them for what seems like since the All-Star break. Now, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. How many wins does it take for this team to make the postseason? I think that's the question of the day. That should be the chat poll question of the day. How many wins do the Reds need to have to make the postseason? I think the minimum that you could ask for at this point is 11. What's a fair number? Yeah, I think 11, 85 wins would be the bare minimum. I don't think you get in with 84. I don't think you get in with 83. I think 85 would put you on, like, life alert, but you'd still be alive. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. But then 86, 86, I think, is where you start to cement yourself a little bit. I think the Diamondbacks are not great, right? I don't think the Cubs the – Cu or the Cubs – sorry, not the Cubs, the, uh, the Marlins. The Marlins are, are, are going to be a threat long-term either. Marlins have a tough schedule. Diamondbacks have a tough schedule. The Reds need to sweep this. I mean, they have to sweep it. I'm not going to say they have to sweep it, but they have to sweep it. You have to show up in Detroit, and you have to beat a team that doesn't care anymore. Have you seen Detroit's lineup? I mean, it's, it's, it's hideous. It's horrendous. So you have to take care of business now. you got to win, really. Every series from this point on has to be a win. I would excuse a Guardian split, and I would excuse a one win out of three uh, against the Twins. Other than that, the Reds need to take care of business here. Have to. All right. So here's the, here's the question. 10-11 is going to be the first option. 10-11 wins. 12 wins. 13 wins. 14 wins, guys. 14 wins. Has to get you in. Put you at 88. Oh, you're in. No, yeah, you're yeah, in. You're, so you're, there's you're, no you're, point you're even putting that on the poll, right? You, would you get would you get a home game at 88? Would you get a home series? Just, no. Because what are the Phillies looking at? It'd be right there. Like 88 would get you close to a home series. 
14 if if the Reds won 14 of 17 games, a it would it would confirm the prophecy set by Casey McAllister. It would be an <laughs> unprecedented run. Uh, but no, it, they're not winning 14 games. The best case scenario, you win every series, but you lose a game in each series. That's the best case scenario from this point forward. So we are in a position here at Chatterbox Sports in the chat that we believe that Cincinnati Reds need to get to 86 wins or 85. 85. It would be 86. Oh, 86 right. is the majority. Yeah, for me, it's for me. If you're not wanting to scoreboard watch anymore, it's 86. <laughs> What? This I'm in my the, element. What do you mean? This is the he best said he's thing in his that's element. ever happened. So this is the best thing that's ever happened to the show <laughs> on, a, on a complete accident. On a complete accident. Casey McAllister has taken over the reins over there. And I, that was the first time, Casey, i got to be honest with you, I couldn't help but laugh. Like I, You genuinely made me just blurt out laughter, which congratulations to you, man. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, it, it, it's if you don't want a scoreboard watch anymore, it's going to take 86 wins. I don't think my prediction is going to come true. <laughs> it would it would take a miracle, like Ellie's been saying, for that to happen. But but they don't play any bun. And if you look at the rest of the schedules for the Diamondbacks and for the Giants, there's a chance that 85 gets you in without worry. So I don't know. I I, I like those chances. I think I think 10 or 11, you're you're worried. You're nervous. You're sweating a little bit, but. 12 wins, 13 wins, I think that, that secures it for you. I mean, they've just got guys that you, you've never heard of. I, I, Javi Baez is their highest paid player, I believe, and he's trash. Other than that, they've got Kerry Carpenter, Zach McKinstry, Andy Abanez, Miggy, Akil Babadu, Badu, Jake Rogers, Eric Haas. I don't think Eric Haas still plays for him. I don't even know. I mean, these guys are terrible. Torkelson's okay. Veerling's okay. Riley Green's pretty good. Other than that, they've got nobody and nothing. They've got a couple decent pitchers. The Tigers aren't good. The, the, the Detroit Tigers aren't good. If the Reds are not going to wake up for this series, they're not going to wake up. Uh, would you call the season dead if they lose this series? If they lose the series, season's over. Elliot's favorite Season's thing. over. I can't ever say, like you've said already, I can't ever say you have to sweep someone until it's desperation mode. I don't know if the Reds are in desperation mode quite yet. They're close, though. They're, they're behind, really they're close. They're two teams, and it's two games now. It's two games, and I would argue you're fighting against three teams. Okay, so even even worse. I, I, I think right now is as desperate as you're ever going to be as a baseball fan. There is 17 games left in the season. You have to make up two games on two teams with a third fighting in, in between you. Well, you have three teams, just to be clear. You have Arizona, who sits in the last spot right now, who the Reds do have the tiebreaker over, to be clear. That's two games back of the Diamondbacks. The issue, though, it, it, that in lies is that every night when you watch and you scoreboard watch, in order for you to be able to make another leap forward – the San Francisco Giants are going to have to lose, and the Miami Marlins are going to have to lose. So you have to jump not only two just to get to a chance to get to Arizona, but then you have to jump Arizona too. So you're 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 trailing three full teams, and again, this all could change over one night, right? The Giants and, and the and the Marlins and the Diamondbacks all lose on the same night somehow, and the Reds win. Then you're not really so worried about trying to jump people. I'm to the point now where I, I, I'm less concerned over what other teams are doing, although I know it's important and I know, I know it matters. It just feels like we need to worry about our own lawn. It, it feels like we need to worry about what we can control. And I know that I'm, you know, I'm not playing the games and neither are anybody in the chat and none of, none of anyone in the studio are playing the game. So we can do whatever we want and it probably doesn't matter. But I just, maybe it's the mindset of, 
the way that I guess I'm wired is just that I'm, I'm much less concerned about what the Diamondbacks and the Marlins and the Giants do on a nightly basis. And I want to see the Reds start playing really good baseball again because they've not played good baseball in what feels like a really long time. They've had spurts of it, but if we're going to admit something, the only, the only series that we've split and or won of recent are two series that quite frankly were disgusting and ugly and they've, Lucky's a strong word, but I'm going to use it. They were lucky to split and win. Correct. And I think Reed and I were talking about it before the show. You have arguably your best player on the team right now, Ellie De La Cruz, hitting 160 for the last month. 160. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. The Reds need more. Matt McClain, I think, would be ready for a playoff run. He's not going to be ready. I would For, the, I, for these 17-game series, he's not going to be available. So you have to rely on the backs of Jonathan India. Will Benson. Will Benson's my guy. By the way, he hits in the ninth spot, and he I, I think he gets better. The lower in the lineup he gets, he hits better. So Reds right now need to figure it out. I mean, they need to play somewhat decent baseball. They need to score more than three runs a game, and the pitching needs to show up. The pitching's done a pretty good job despite all the injuries, coronavirus, etc. So I, is, no, is there a chance Noelvi comes back? I think Noelvi's just going to wear a mask, right? I think that's yeah, that's, that's the, plan. the plan. He can play through the pain, but so I, I don't. Yeah. If that's the, I mean, we got we got one of our best players right now that has to DH against righties because he he has a broken toe. He's one of the best hitters on the team. It's 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 a crazy it's a crazy season for the Reds. They're dealing with a lot right now. I'd argue more than any other team in baseball. Maybe the Rays. They're dealing with a little bit something different there. But I I, I think right now the Reds are just trying to tread water. And at some point, you have to do more than tread water. Nick Kirby's been saying it for a long time where you're 5-5, five and five, you're staying alive, you're staying alive, you're staying alive. Well, eventually, the time runs out, and you're no longer alive, you're just dead. The Reds have to prevail. They have to get better than the just staying alive method. You have to take series now. Losing to the Cardinals is bad. Losing to the Cardinals at home is bad. The Cardinals are not good. You have to, ta- you have to take advantage of this schedule. You have to. Yeah, you can't talk. You can't talk about how weak the schedule's been for 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 what seems like two months now. I mean, everyone has brought up the fact that the Reds September. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? It's it's easy. It's not that difficult. Well, newsflash: when you play the Cardinals and you lose two or three, and you don't win a series against the Tigers, the season's over. I hate to say that. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. And again, I've said it yesterday. I'll say it a million times. The season's been a success, no matter which way you want to look at it. But this is it. This is it. And they have a chance to, I don't want to say right or wrong, if you sweep the Tigers, you're right back on track, right? Correct. I mean, you're right back on track. And maybe that's why you're saying they need to sweep. I don't know if they need to sweep, but they certainly need to get to a position where they're starting to play better baseball and they take at least two of three. Um, you just got to start winning series. And if you win, put it this way, if you win every series out, then I think that you can at least rightfully believe that you earned the ability to be in the postseason. I think that you could make the case that you should believe that you belong in the postseason. If you don't win this, if you don't win the remaining series, then I guess at some point as a Reds fan, you have to ask yourself, when did they ever win a meaningful series? Because you can't be like one and nine in meaningful series and expect to be like a worthwhile playoff team. Um, it's it's nice that the MLB watered down the playoff system a little bit. Uh, it gives teams like the Reds a, a, a chance and a hope. It gives a fan base and multiple other fan bases a chance to, to scoreboard watch and, and get excited towards the end of the year. Um, but we're going we're gonna to be in a position where we're lying to ourselves if we think that this team 
I don't say under has underperformed, but this team isn't who they are. I mean, they they are who they are. If they finish 500, they've overachieved. Finishing 500, quite frankly, would be a far cry off of what we thought we had in July. But again, I think that that month of baseball where the Reds played the best in major leagues, it it, it was a little bit of a fool's gold for for many fans to believe what they actually are and who they actually are. That they're and listen, maybe you could convince me that the Reds were actually really good. They just ran into injuries and COVID and all these other crazy things. Other teams have injuries too, but listen, Matt McLean was a pretty big piece of this team, and he's just not around anymore. And he's a guy that, quite quite honestly, you gotta you gotta have to have. You can't. This team's too thin to have as many injuries that they had, and to and to convince yourself that they should make the playoffs. I just I'm just not gonna believe that. If, by the way, if the Reds were to win every series from this point forward, not sweeping anybody, I'm not calculating any sweeps into this, they just win every series 2-1, to one, including a 2-0 uh, uh, series win over the Guardians. So sweet. If the, okay, all right, I messed up once. Uh, that would put you at 12 wins. So that's what you have to do. That's the formula. You win every series you're in. If you don't, you're out. That's, that's my opinion. As Reds fans, would you guys, you know, they're in the same exact position. Right, they're, they're they're two games back from the final wild card spot. Would you rather them play the the schedule that they're about to play against a bunch of losing teams that you have the advantage on, or would you rather you know not being in the spot currently in the postseason? Would you rather be playing against the teams that you got to overcome? Because it's clearly the latter, right? Like you clearly want to make up ground, and that's the easiest way to do it is playing the team straight up. Yes and no. I actually think that the way the Reds are playing right now, I'd rather it be the way that it is Correct. because they're just I not agree. playing good enough baseball. I know what you're saying, and that's very, very that's a valid point. If you think your team's the best team going right now, I just don't think they are. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be like Debbie Downer by any means, but I just don't think the Reds are playing the best baseball right now. If they if they had to go into a four game set with the Diamondbacks or the Marlins or 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 the Giants or the Cubs, I don't think they stand much of a chance to to win. However. However, these all teams do play each other, and that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. They do play each other. The Diamondbacks, um, they again, I don't have the we, we can pull the schedule up in just a second. But the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, those two teams specifically have really tough schedules. And then you have a team like the Cubs, where I just don't pay attention to the Cubs because I don't look at the Cubs as if the Cubs would have to just literally fall apart. Now, is it possible? Maybe, but I'm not I'm not suspecting of that. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, the Cubs are one of the few, or one of the very few teams I'm going to pay attention to. I've looked past the Cubs. It, 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 this is strictly, can you catch the Giants, the Marlins, and the Diamondbacks? The for I'm looking at a tweet right now. Over the past 30 games, these are all the teams, and then you know threw in a couple extra. Over the past 30 games, the Brewers are 20 and 10. The Cubs are 19 11. The Diamondbacks are 19 11. The Phillies are 17 and 13, and the Marlins are 16 and 14. The only teams that are that are on the, the brink of the, the playoffs in the National League that have had losing records over the past month are the Cincinnati Reds and the San Francisco Giants, which we, we, both, we all agree that neither team is playing really good baseball at the, at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually an incredible stretch. I mean, the fact that this is that close of a playoff race for, for the National League, for baseball as general, as a baseball fan, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, it that's, is. That's really exciting. And, and you asked that question, who would I rather play? We literally just played the Giants, Diamondbacks, Cubs, we, Marlins earlier last month, uh, earlier early in the month. It's just it's just we, we just did it, and we lost every single one of them. Every single series of those that we needed to win, we lost. 
So would I, would I rather play those teams right now? Certainly not. Well, I, w- I would rather, I'd rather take my chances with the Smelly Pirates and the Cardinals, who, again, they couldn't beat. Yeah, it's just like, like it, at the very current moment where you're out of a playoff spot, and I know it's, it's, a tougher, it's a tougher thing to ask, but what's easier? Beating those teams and having one thing happen where you just beat them, or you beating a team and have another team beat those teams? Like, it's, it's just... It, it just seems more likely that you'd rather play them at this moment because you're just like, all right, we control your own destiny. That's really all you can ask for is, hey, we control, we control our own destiny going forward. And though that the Reds play a very easy schedule, you're going to be asking other teams to, to lose every week instead of just outright beating them. Breaking news from the chat. Alex Wallace says that Aaron Rodgers uh, just in with a complete, with all capital letters, complete, Achilles tear. Uh, we can double check on that via Twitter. We'll it's put true. that up. And uh, it is uh, our, our sources at the office are saying that's true. Schefter. And Adam Schefter is reporting it. So congratulations to Adam Schefter for breaking Aaron Rodgers' news. He's going to play again, right? Uh, no. No. Really? I don't think so. He's 40 I don't years think old, so. Man. I think he's considered retiring enough now to where this will do it. I don't think he's going to go out like that. I, don't, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has too much pride in his craft to, to take an Achilles injury, and that's it. But you say that, and I guess I asked the question of which way do you think you're going to end up going out anyways? I guess you could say, are you, do you, do you, are you going to go through all that struggle and, and, and quite frankly, uh, work to get yourself in a position where you can play another season in the NFL because you think that you could win a Super Bowl, I guess? Is that... Because yeah, if I you think, don't win the Super Bowl, Elliot, it's 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 a mute, it, worthwhile t- yeah, time. Brad, it's a Brad Pitt Moneyball. If you don't win the last game of the season, nobody gives a shit. But it, it, at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is going to end his career with an incomplete pass and a torn Achilles. That's the last thing he'll ever accomplish in the NFL. I don't think he'll do that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. He's an old man, but I just don't think he'll do that. Listen, in the history of the National Football League, only two quarterbacks have gone out on top. The old phrase in, in wrestling, and it, and it goes for quarterbacks in the NFL, is you always go out on your back. And that's just true. The only two quarterbacks that haven't are John Elway and Peyton Manning. They went out on top. And maybe Aaron Rodgers thinks he can do that. And, and may, that, that's essentially what Elliot's saying, is that he thinks that he can win his last game. But, man, I mean, it's a nine-month window before he can even start being active again. So that puts him in june before he's even starting to move around again i mean he's 40 years old but here's the difference here's the difference peyton manning at the end of his career on that super bowl team looked atrocious that wasn't that wasn't an nfl quarterback that was a guy who's playing check down football so so aaron rogers won aaron Aaron rogers won back-to-back mvps recently yeah peyton manning won the mvp the year before he looked atrocious yeah well i i'm just saying i i think aaron rogers has a lot of talent left Maybe so. Uh, the chat poll question of the day, at least version one, is how many wins do the Reds need to make the playoffs? 10-11 has 28%. 12 has 54%. 13 has 16%. And 14 has 2%. Uh, that brings us to our 2.0 chat poll question of the day. I'm going to put Casey to work over there. Is Aaron Rodgers ever going to play an NFL game again? Yes or no? Simple question. I think the answer, at least on my end, is no. Read says no. Elliot says yes. Casey McAllister says no. no. This is the worst injury you can have as a quarterback, right? Like, this is the worst injury you could be coming back from 
as a as a football player. Well, no? I think I think um, that's a strong statement. The only reason I say that is because you know there's. There's Tor- injuries you can get that don't allow you to play football ever again. So if you if you like lose your arm in a wood chipper. It's gonna no. be difficult to play I, the quarterback position. The thing that the thing that Jamar Chase said last year silly. The, <laughs> the, the, the hip injury, that was more threatening than that can actually end a season or your your career. I'm sorry, not a season. <laughs> we, we, I just saw we, 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 I just saw we, we, that's preposterous. <laughs> I mean that's just what a great picture of Kings Island. Oh, that's preposterous. That was great, Casey. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I think Rodgers is done, man. He was already contemplating retirement. The only reason he would come back is to not screw the Jets and I don't think even if he does come back, I don't think he's going to be the same. You're Oh, I don't you're, I don't even think it'll be about that. I don't think he care. Aaron Rodgers has made it abundantly clear that he's a selfish person. I say that with love and respect. I love Aaron Rodgers. But he certainly he would certainly not coming back to help the New York Jets organization. He would be coming back to help his own legacy. Right. And that's fine. Maybe and maybe and maybe if he wanted to help Randall Cobb out. Randall Cobb, the sixty five year old receiver who Aaron Rodgers has literally carried with him every team he's gone to. Or every season he's played. Excuse me, that's a better better word. Drew brings up a great point with the super this. chat. Says, and I, and and listen, we're going to say this uh, with as humbly as possible, right? Um, not to induce panic, but he dealt with. He's saying he is an Aaron Rodgers dealt with a calf injury in camp on the same leg. Scares me for number nine a bit. Listen, I think that you're in a position here with Joe Burrow. You paid him because he earned it. He's in a position where he proved that he can take you to the highest of highs. That's why he got paid. That's why the city loves him and. It's his life. Crazy things can happen. I just don't know. I get the point. I get the sentiment. I just don't know if a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers is the same as a young Joe Burrow. However, Joe Burrow's obviously had some major injuries before, and he's come back from it, though, is what I would say. So even if something crazy happened with with, with Burrow, I think, you know. Listen, Rodgers, this isn't the first time Rodgers has had to lose an entire year because of health. But... I'm not going to allow the fact that just because he's dealing with the calf strain that that's the reason that he blew his Achilles out. Same with, obviously, Joe Burrow having a calf strain. So, you know, I'm not – we're knocking on wood around here. Um, I don't – I don't. I, I guess I get why you'd be nervous, but I don't think the two are the same at all. Drew with the worst $5 ever. Not to induce panic. Not to induce <laughs> – Drew, you shot a 50 caliber sniper in the crowd and they're scrambling around. <laughs> what? Well, what is that? Not to induce panic, but number nine is dealing with a similar thing? What? Drew, I was, was, com- I was coming off a terrible weekend and I was starting to feel myself again. I was, start- I was having fun. I was happy. I was dancing in the shower this morning. It felt joy. My heart wasn't so little anymore. And now you just ruined my week. You ruined my whole week. Thank you, Drew. Love you to death. What the heck was that? I, I, I we dis, we do not accept your five dollars. We're throwing it away. My, <laughs> by the way, no refunds. So, <laughs> if if you look at the NFL right now, it's been an issue. It's been an issue in the league for a long time. When do these when do these franchises? When do these owners? When does Roger Goodell step in and say, "All right, we're done with the turf thing." Because the turf on a lot of these on a lot of these stadiums are killing guys. I think it happened last night to Aaron Rodgers. I think you play on turf instead of grass, and it's hurting players. It's it's injuring players. 
I, I, I really believe that. And it's crazy because MetLife took out the turf or, or put on top of put, put grass on top of the turf for like soccer matches this past year, and they'll have it for the World Cup uh, when that comes to the United States. Why are we not doing it for the NFL? Why are we not protecting players? I don't know if the NFLPA is is not fighting enough for it, but the, the, the turf injuries are stacking up, and it's been stacking up for a while. Just a lack of care for the players uh, for, for your team. Soccer, I, I'll tell you what, I'll make fun of soccer. Uh, what do they call it again, Trace? I, by yeah. soccer, you mean football. That's right. Uh, when, when you play soccer or football, they, they, they care about the players. They, uh, there's not a soccer team in the, in the country that plays on turf professionally. So, so I don't know what the difference is, or I don't know what the, what, the, what the mindset is when you're making NFL players play on this trash surface. It's, it's, it's injuring guys. It's, it's hurting guys. For, that needs to change. Hey, in so all seriousness, uh, for all those that are, that are uh, big-time, uh, you know, they're, they're into grass, um, greenskeepers and things of that nature, uh, they're all rolling over in their, their graves if they're dead or they're rolling over whatever term you'd like to use if they're alive. It, turf is actually uh, grass. Artificial turf is artificial turf. Correct. But just just throwing that out there, I get the point that we're making here. But I'd also I want to rebuttal. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Reed bring up his point. But I have I, I have some pushback on this notion. But go ahead. Well, for for what it's worth, is he was talking about soccer. The reason that they play soccer on grass is because the ball. If if you ever pass a soccer ball on turf, it bounces a lot more. It moves a lot quicker. It's it's it completely alters the game and and listen I, I i think i'm going to be in the same camp as trace here i there there is turf turf is gradually getting better right and i think that the nfl should say any team that hasn't replaced their turf in the past three to four years they need new turf on their field i mean they, they sent that memo out because the Bengals have 20 year old turf they're a national football league franchise and their turf hasn't been replaced in like 20 years right they did that, practice at welcome stadium that's, I mean, that's that's absolutely terrible. I mean, what are we what, what are we doing here? The, the Astro turf from the '70s is not the same turf that the Bengals play on, and the same turf that the Bengals play on is not the same turf that is being built today. It is it, the, yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. I think I think turf is is better than grass for what it's worth. But if you're know. if you're wanting an example of what the uh, Super Bowl. Last year with the Eagles and the and the, 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 the Chiefs. Correct. That game was with that grass that they roll you know, into they the field. roll into the field yeah. and people were slipping and sliding everywhere. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's what the right call is either. I mean I don't think I think the Bengals should replace their turf. I mean it you like you said, it's twenty years. Like they need to replace it. They need to just invest in it and do it. But at the same time I going to like the like if they do a grass field they have to make it a permanent solution right they have yeah, to no. maintain it like you would a, a, a soccer pitch right you like, gotta that, you gotta invest this, in it a lot of money goes into that it costs a lot of money to maintain weekly so it's it's just something that the league the, should do the super bowl grass you're referring to was completely mismanaged I think they just started pouring, dumping water all over it right before the game. It was a bad situation. But the, the, the turf last night absolutely played a factor in his Achilles being ruptured. See, I don't know if you can say that. I, I, I'm on the side where... You can see the pellets spew up. Yeah, but that's also... That like guys, guys cut, like J.K. Right? Dobbins had the same injury, right? The exact same injury, and it was on, it was on grass. It was on non-artificial turf. Turf. It, it, I, I just... 
I get the notion. I get the notion here of what people are after. I just wonder if it's like this really small microcosm of a couple people complaining about it, and then it becoming a bigger story. And it's actually just when the data bears itself out over time, it's not going to be that much different. Everyone always wants to argue. Well, look at the injuries now versus 10, 15 years ago when they used to play on only grass. Well, with all due respect. And maybe you don't believe this, but I just think athletes are wired and, 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 and so much stronger and they put so much more torque on their bodies than they used to that, that these things are going to happen. They just are. We're talking about a 39-year-old guy that maybe if it was turf, you could – and I, we're going to get ourselves confused now. I'm going to say grass you, for, hey, for making you, this you clear. Were the, you were the smart aleck that said, I know. oh, it's midnight, it's tomorrow. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I'll take the blame. I'll put my hand in the air and say that I was that guy. Um, the grass maybe gives out that situation, like you said, Elliot, and it maybe saves them. I just don't think that it's reasonable to say, tear up all the turf, get rid of it all, make everybody maintain grass, which to Casey's point is not simple. It's not easy. Like grass in and of itself well, isn't it always money. the, it's not always the, no, it's not just about money. It's not always the best surface either. Like, it's not just the Super Bowl that has issues when it comes to turf. Also, how many games have been played on turf that no one's got hurt on? And I just think that it's an overreaction. I think it's a complete overreaction by a small minority of people that decide they want to make an issue out of something that's not an issue because they're mad that they, they got hurt. And listen, if there's something that's been pretty pronounced in this country, it's that... If something small happens, we jump to major conclusions and we oversell it and we sit here and act like it's a major problem without any kind of perspective on what it actually may be. It just might be bad luck. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll find out in 10 years that artificial turf is the reason that there's all these ACL injuries. I just think that athletes are getting stronger, faster, move quicker. They cut harder and just going to be turns out that, boom, this isn't the... The last point I want to make here. I would actually buy into that statement if, if artificial turf was the same that it was in the 70s, like right. where it was concrete. Turf nowadays is just different. It, 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 and, and it's going to get better and better and better. So at some point, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they found a way to make artificial turf safer than grass. For, for, for what it's worth, it, and this is also a generational thing now that all of these players have grown up playing on artificial turf now. That wasn't the case 10 years ago. Not, I mean, majority of high schools didn't have turf 10 years ago. Now more and more fields are. I would say, I, I don't know the percentage of, of NFL players, but I'd say it's it's well over like 67. I mean, like any big high school, any big, uh, every single college stadium, except for the, the, the ones that are historic and hold on to the grass thing, are, are still playing on turf. So this is a... a a playing surface that they've gotten used to playing on, and that means something. It is, and, but I, but the the minority of people that he's referring to when when you're complaining about this are the players themselves. It's not like I think that's that's the most important part. David Bakhtiari last night he tweeted out, "Congrats NFL! How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf? You care more about soccer players than us. You plan to remove all artificial turf for the World Cup coming up, so clearly it's feasible." I'm sick of this. Do better. I think I think a majority of the players, if not all of them, share that same sentiment, and I think that's the difference. I don't think any player wants to continue playing on turf, even though Reed is correct. All these guys have played on artificial turf their entire lives. That's a fact. 
It's just I, I think right now when you when there are better options, when these are world class athletes getting paid hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars, I think you you want to try to keep them upright as best as you can. I think the best way to do that is on grass. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be crazy if like you know in ten years the, the NFL puts out you got to play on grass, you got to put grass in your field now, and no, no more with artificial turf and and just one of those things where. The world comes full circle, right? I mean, the, they revolutionized it with AstroTurf back in the 70s. Yeah. And slowly over time, more and more teams getting turf, getting turf, and we just go right on back to grass because we realize that maybe maybe what we had was the best thing already and, and progress isn't always progressive. I mean, listen, I, 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 see a, I see a statistic here that says the rate for non-contact lower extremity injuries on artificial turf rose to a rate of 0. .048 per 100 <clears throat> attempts. The corresponding rate on grass is 0.035. Um, so percentage-wise, that's a considerable difference. I guess when we're sitting here talking about livelihoods and, and an injury as, 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 as significant as Aaron Rodgers, maybe it's worth it. I'm not downplaying it uh, to the extent that it shouldn't be looked at. I just think it's oversold. I think it's a little oversold. I think David Bakhtiari last night, love him, hopefully keeps blocking for Jordan Love, does a great job. Shout out David Bakhtiari. But the problem is, is that he's seen his injury, or he's seen his friend get injured last night. He's pissed at the world, decides he wants to tweet and make something out of something that I don't know if it's truly there or not. Um, that's, that's how I take it. Um, we've all been there. We've all overreacted. We've all gotten to moments where something's happened and you want to look around and blame something for, for something that was just an accident, right? Yeah. Um, car accidents happen every single day. And without question, the very first thing that everyone does at a car accident is they pop out of the car and they tell whoever's fault it was. It was your fault. It was this fault. Well, it was an accident. You're not going to stop it. We're humans. Um, I guess I'm just not going to fall into the trap that is if you make grass fields everywhere, the injuries are just going to not disappear, but they're going to go down significantly. I don't think they are. J.K. Dobbins, I'm pretty sure, had the exact same injury on grass on Sunday, but that wasn't a problem because it was on grass. But since it was on turf on Monday night, now it's turf's fault. I don't know. All right. We have 30 minutes left in this show, which means I think we have some other topics of conversation. Here's some things that we plan on doing going forward in the show. Uh, we might have perhaps uh, what we'll call some local news. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, not today, but another day. We'll have some mailbag questions. I'm sure that I'm not going to remember all these, so I'm going to rely on the room to help me out here. Uh, we got some buy or sell from time to time. Yep. Uh, we obviously have Casey's stink list that we got in today, our power rankings. And I guess maybe the biggest thing of them all is going to be no bit Wednesday, no shtick Wednesday, and draft or die. You forgot draft or die. Draft or die is my favorite one. Thank you. When that's, do we do that? Is that going to be a Thursday thing? I think that's a Thursday thing. Okay. Because you have the ability to pick a Thursday night football. For those that are wondering what draft or die is going to be, um, Elliot likes to take things to the extreme, so that was <laughs> what he wanted to call the segment. Draft or die. Draft or die. It's you're a gonna, simple game, folks. You're, yeah, you're going to draft or you're going to die. <laughs> it's a simple game. It's a simple game. The game is like this, right? Everyone in the room, everyone loves a snake draft. Everyone loves a good snake draft. We're going to do a snake draft every week. It's going to be on Thursday. That way you get the ability to capture that Thursday night football game if you so choose to pick one of those teams. But you get to pick two teams. Goes right down the line, and then it comes right back down the line. 
if both of the teams that you choose lose, this is no spread involved. This is just straight money line. Shout out Bedford Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 100 Gambler, 21 plus in Ohio. Uh, outside of the money line, it's just straight up. So if you were to lose both of those games, then you have to stand right here in front of the teleprompter and read word for word the jokes that we all come up with. We're not going to be able to say it on air. We're not going to be able to let them know. It's just going to be straight scrolling down the screen, Ron Burgundy style, and you're just going to have to let it rip. If you laugh, you got to retry to do it again. It's <laughs> the way it goes. It might take 30 minutes. It might take five minutes, depending on how much you can bear through it and not laugh. But that's the plan. It shouldn't be that difficult, right? You got no. two teams a week. All they got to do is win. By the way, this is not a Survivor League. This is not how that game works. We're not doing a Survivor pool. None of that. This every week, same teams get run out there. You get a chance to draft them again, right? If you if you lose and you actually have to do the teleprompt service there, then you get to pick first at least the very following week. I like that. There's at least 16 winners a week if you don't have a bye week. So should have plenty of times to try to you know get a win. So. Shouldn't be too hard. I'll give Trace a dollar if he can tell me what that's from. Um, hmm. What is this from? You know, I, I know that it probably make a fool of myself here. Wait, do you actually not know? What, you not know? But I'm just going to guess Star Wars. That's correct. Yeah, I, yeah, it, was, correct it was a shot Trace. in the door. He genuinely... I, I, no, I, I did not know. I, I did tell myself this, though. I did tell myself this, and I told my kids this. My kids love Star Wars. I haven't done it because why? Because it's just busy, I guess, is the excuse that I'll use. Um, I want to watch all the Star Wars in the order in which that it was not made, but in the order in which the storyline would go. So I did start that. I got through one so far. Uh, Skywalker, right? I think that's it. Uh, Nope. Phantom Menace is, is episode one. No, I didn't mean the name of it. I just meant like the little kid. What's his name? Luke? Well, that's the, yeah. Skywalker. I mean, that's that's the main character in everything. You're talking about his that guy's ship was Han Solo. Well, we're not well, going to get into we're not going to get into spoilers on this show. We're not going to get into spoilers. The one spoilers mo- it came out in 1970. I don't care. It's new to me. In the storyline. So episode one. Episode episode one is where I started, and it was like a race. There was a race. Phantom to, Menace. To, yes, to, that was what I watched. It was Drace because you don't know a whole lot about Star Wars. You you were just like the main character Skywalker, which just is true for the whole good i get glad i'm glad story. we got that away so skywalker's the is the guy what's the little kid's name anakin 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 is, is, is he wanted to be like skywalker no he is skywalker he's anakin skywalker is but his name. what was the guy, older guy's name obi-wan kenobi well no qui-gon jinn is is the older is uh what's his um what's the dude from taken Oh, uh, Liam. Liam. I'm probably getting absolutely crushed in the chat right now. This is tough. Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi are the Jedis in that movie, and they find Anakin Skywalker, who was conceived by the midichlorians. All right. I've heard enough. (laughs) See, this is where you lose me. I don't know how how you go through your whole entire life, and you just know this much about some storyline that just is irrelevant. I mean, I guess you could win trivia or something like that, but outside of that, I just... I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll be all bought in. I, I promised myself that I was going to watch it. It's a culture phenom. People love it. I mean, people are obsessed with it, so I should probably try to give it a shot. I watched the first one. It was all right. It wasn't bad. 
The, um, the prequels are known for being really bad. For what it's worth, you saying it just means nothing. It's the same thing as like saying like not knowing the plot of Star Wars is like not knowing who Peyton Manning is. Like both these things mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. All but right, yeah, it's good just, point. I guess yeah. If you want to, if you want to just try, to, <laughs> if you want to try to to belittle all the other things that I love in my life, that's fair. You're well, you right. belittle I, things I, I, that other people love. No, you're right. I, <laughs> I, I stand here as a man of courage to tell you that I'm wrong. I, I shouldn't have said that it means nothing. Uh, the, the, the Monday Night Football game last night means nothing to 90% of the world, I'm sure, but it means a lot to me. So I'm going to continue to enjoy it, and hopefully the Cincinnati Rens win tonight because I enjoy that too. But I won't be watching Star Wars tonight because I have other things to do, like watch the Reds because that's so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, I think it's time for some ad reads. Ad reads, huh? Yeah. Ham and Eggers. Take President. it away. <laughs> President. We got by ourselves. I still too. think I still think you should change the Mr. President thing. I think you should use his mugshot. I think that would be a lot funnier. I think we'll get enough plenty of people sending us emails and letting us know that they do not want politics a part of this show when in reality that segment had nothing to do with politics. It was just a funny little intro. Which Leads me to the final point where if that intro really triggers you, I don't mean to be the one to tell you, but man, you should probably, you should probably lay off the political juice for a little bit. Casey? Yeah. You got some ad reads? I do. I do. I do have some ad reads. Um, we talked a lot about the NFL. Um, the Bengals are part of the NFL. <laughs> the Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Thank you, Kermit. <laughs> Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And, oh, <laughs> Potty water. There you oh my are. Gosh. Wait, how did that get there? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Potty water is a new out. <laughs> Reel it in, Casey. Come it's on. natural Reel limestone. It it's a new me. premium alkaline water with. Natural limestone filtration, mm. which Reed absolutely adores. It's, that's what and it is. it's unlike the artificial processing that other brands use, which Reed does not like at all. The result is a healthy alkaline water, which results in the best tasting water in the world. And let me tell you, it's just water. It is no additives. It's just the best thing in the world. Going to hydrate you to perfection. Visit their website at pawneywater.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee at UDF. Bet on Betfred. Get your on, on, uh, la, 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 technology, Go ahead, you got this. technology solutions on Encore. Drink Pony Water. Do we have any other uh, other well, adver advertisements? I, I, I think I that's think so. it, but I I'm think looking at the bottle, and you're right, Casey. It is one ingredient in the bottle. It's just water. It's just water, folks. Pony Water. The best. Trace. Glad you could throw it to me. Uh, uh, one thing that I do love, I just realized as I was watching the uh, the the... the the live production screen here that lets you know that's actually what's on the internet um, is that somehow that when you look at Casey, you can see me in the, in the, in the computer monitor there, uh, which, you know, I, I think that there's a way to probably uh, turn that into a bit somehow. I'm going to have to figure out how to like do the old, you know, chomping <laughs> on Casey's nose or we'll, we'll see if I can find a way to, 
to kind of do that <laughs> somehow, some way. Uh, anyways, I'll figure it out on another day, another show. But nonetheless, I'm glad Casey could have some fun with the green screen uh, here today, early on. It looks nice in the studio. We'll see if it's, uh, we'll see if we can actually make it worthwhile and continue to make you laugh. That's the goal around here. We're trying to entertain you. All right? Sports are sports. And yes, we do talk about them. And this is a very, very, very serious sports talk show. Very. Might I add. Very. Might I add. But from time to time, we just want to make your day a little bit better. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's what Reed always says. Just a little bit. That's, that's how much I like Getta. Just, just a little bit. Yeah. I, by the way, I, I hate to change the subject from that. Getta. Yeah, go ahead. Go but ahead. I was, so I know we're not supposed to be talking about baseball anymore because it's football season. But Matt Olson last night hit his 50th home run of the season. I think the Braves might be the greatest team to ever walk the earth. I mean, that team, that, that team in the playoffs, I mean, I, there's no chance they lose. There's no chance the Atlanta Braves lose. I f- listen, I feel like we talked about this, I think, last week. I feel like, uh, by all means, the Braves are absolutely favored to win the World Series, and they Plus should. Plus 250. They should. But we do this every year. We, we, we crown a team winning the World Series before it gets here. A couple years ago, remember how good the Dodgers were? I think the Dodgers won 110 games. I don't even think the Braves are on pace for that. A um, couple, couple years, not. couple years before that, the the Twins, like the Atlanta Braves, everyone loves their offense. How great their offense is! They're not even on pace to beat the 2019 Twins, and and how many home runs are hit on it by a team? And then we're talking about all these teams, and it's the last team to have the most wins in the regular season that went on to win the World Series was the 2018. Boston Red Sox. So, yeah, the, the Braves are absolutely incredible. They're not the best team I've ever seen. I think they could be. I think come the playoffs, I think this Atlanta Braves team is not going to lose a game. Who? That's You know what? I'll stake my reputation on it. Atlanta Braves don't lose a game before the World Series. Wait, That's a wild the, statement. Who's the best team? Who's the best baseball team this century? This century? So that's like I'm talking like just, one specific team. I, I would say it's a 2018 Red Sox. So you're who, just saying since the 2000. Yeah. I would say it's um, a 2018 Red Sox or number one because they were absolutely incredible. They won like 110 games and then just dominated the, the postseason. And then I would say that another team from the north side of Chicago would be number two. Cubs are close. Dodgers are close. Um, Cardinals, they had a very good team with uh, – God, who – Well, the Cardinals, when they win their World Series, they win like – They've, I think every time they've won the World Series, it's been like 88 games, 90 really? games. Yeah, they, I, didn't. I I'm trying to think of the early 2000s. I mean, the Yankees team uh, that won it in 08, is that right? 09. 09. The 08 Phillies were really, really good. 08 Phillies, 09 Yankees. Yeah, it's probably, I mean, it's probably the Red Sox. Red, that, that Red Sox team was magical. So, all right, you want to do some buy or sell from week one of the National Football League, guys? Yes. I love the National Football League. Yeah. League. I've got. Six. Market six things that you could either buy or sell based on the topic that we have. So without or, without further ado, week one in the National Football League, buy or sell. Elliot, we'll start with you. Yes. The Los Angeles Rams are contenders in the NFC West. I'm going to buy. I'm going to absolutely buy. I think I, I saw the Rams. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Didn't know we had a little intro. That's money. That's dollar bills. And that's the name of the segment. That's awesome. <laughs> Elliot, back to your point. Rams look good. Rams look good. The, the, the guy that, that's playing wide receiver for him right now, Puka, is that his name, yep. Casey? Puka. So, Puka, I bet on this guy 
Shout out gambling. I bet on this guy on Bedford Sportsbook on Sunday to get over 26 yards. He got 110 yards. I think the Rams are not bad. I think their defense their, or their secondary isn't great. I think Aaron Donald's still an elite defender. I, Trey said he wasn't the best defender in, in the National Football League. I, I actually think he is. Aaron, Do Aaron Donald's damn good. I think the Rams are very good. They're being slept on. It's a bad NFC asterisk because they've been really good so far in week one. But I think the Rams are going to be a competitor. I think they're going to be. I'm gonna, I think they're going to make the po the postseason this year. So you think that they they are contenders for the NFC West over like the 49ers? Yeah, I think okay. I, I think they can be as good. Not no, I mean they're not as good as the 49ers. I'm saying they can be in contention for it. Okay, Trace, are you buying or selling that the Rams are contenders for the NFC West? Um, I am going to sell that. I didn't know it was ever for sale, but I will sell that. Um, that is in what seems to be an apparent and very clear overreaction of week one in the NFL. Well, for what it's worth, I mean, they won the Super Bowl last time this team was together. So, I mean, Matt Stafford didn't get to play last year. Right. Aaron Donald was, was hurt most of last year. So, I mean, as long as they're healthy, they, they are an aging team. They are an aging roster. But yeah, yeah, I mean, and like I said, for what it's worth, uh, you know, the Reds are in a position where they, they could have used a catcher for most of this year, and there was a reason they didn't call Johnny Bench because – He's just not as good as he once was, and uh, I don't think Matt Stafford's as good as he once was, and so is the rest of that roster two years older. And two years in the NFL, by the way, is a very, very long time. In fact, if we were to put an amount of years on it, you know, they have, you know, they have doggy years. Yeah. The NFL years has to be like every year's worth 20 years of your life. That's probably right. Yeah, I mean, we're talking like a – when a guy hits 30 in the NFL, we're, I mean, throw him by the ways. When a running back hits 26, 27, throw him away. Like Jared Goff, we're talking about. Jared Goff's been in the league for a billion years. He's, he's 30 years old. So, Trey, K Casey, you buying or yep. selling that the Rams are contenders in the National Football Conference West Division? No, I'm not. I think this is a 500 team. I think the defense is going to catch up. I mean, they – they really did not play great against the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seattle Seahawks just made a bunch of mistakes. I think they also had an injury on their offensive line that just really derailed the rest of that game. I mean, it it was one because Matthew Stafford's really good, and he's, he played really well uh, Sunday. Puka, also really good. Um, Tutu Atwell. I think they have a really, really good receiving core. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh the offense is going to be good i mean as long as they've got as long as they have um sean mcveigh they'll be fine um but it's a 500 team the defense is just going to catch up to them man aaron donald really didn't play great if you ask me um, except for that one play where he made gino poop his pants yeah besides that we, one we don't play. have that clip but basically gino smith was was dropping back and he saw aaron donald and he said oh my god and threw the ball away it was very funny it was very funny all right, number two, number two here on Buy or Sell. Tua Tagovailoa, when on the field, is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I'll start it off. I'm buying that. I've already said it multiple times yesterday and today. When Tua's on the field, I mean, he's, he's clearly, with all those weapons around him, there's maybe not a more potent offense in the National Football League. So, yeah, give me Tua, top 10 quarterback on the field. And I, if you're asking me, there's, I would have him over, over two dozen quarterbacks on my team. I think it's close for me. I, I think if, if you take away his situation, and I know that's not a fair thing to do, if you take Tom Brady away from the Patriots, does he win seven Super Bowls per, or six Super Bowls? Probably not. 
but I think, too, if you, if you take away Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and again, this is a made-up hypothetical, but I don't think he's nearly as good as he appears to be. As of right now, in this current situation, yeah, he is a top-10 quarterback, went on, went on the field with Tyreek Hill, with Jalen Waddle. He, he plays very well with the guys that he has, and, and I can't fault him for that. So for that, for that reason, I'm buying. He is a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. Well, I don't know if you trust Tyree Kill at all. He played for two pretty good quarterbacks. One, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and he's still, as he says, boys with Patrick Mahomes and believes that uh, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the league without question. And maybe you could say he's just saying this because he plays with Tua now. Uh, but he has said repeatedly that Tua is a far more accurate quarterback, and his arm talent is unbelievable. Now, we all know that Tua doesn't have the same capabilities as Patrick Mahomes when it, call, when, it, when it comes to escapability and all the things that make a quarterback holistic and great. But if we're, if we're going to take Tyree Kill's word, uh, obviously, I think Tua is better than many of us want to believe, and some of that, at this point, we have to just trust the fact that I think that it is what surrounds you maybe more times than not. Is Joe Burrow the same quarterback if Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and, and, the, and the offensive line continues to be terrible? If you take those two receivers away, maybe you take Joe Mixon away. Of course, he's not going to be the same type of player. So I do want to give Tua a little bit of credit in saying, listen, yes, he has some weapons that I believe in. I think Tyree Kill is the best receiver in the game. He has been the best receiver in the game for quite some time. I'm buying that. Easily buying that. I, I would argue. Uh, maybe this is where I put my foot in my mouth. I don't say anything else, but I would argue that you could convince yourself at least to consider top five yeah i don't think he's quite there yet casey yeah um i'm just looking at my old stink list from the summer this was june 14th and i had i had to uh at i had him at like 12 13 um you had geno smith above tua i did but that's partially because of availability, right? I mean, that's your greatest asset. And if he's not available, then I think when he's on the field, if we're going to make that argument, then, yeah, I think he's he's definitely in the top 10. I mean, there's no other argument that you can make because he was crushing the league when he was playing last right. year. He was MVP candidate. He was on pace for, like, well over 5,000 yards and well over, like, 35 touchdowns. I mean, the dude was on fire. I like the the thing that makes Tua really great is the scheme as well. I mean, when you have the throws that are afforded to you due to coaching, scheming wise, I mean, it makes him look really great. But I still think that makes him a top ten quarterback because there's a couple plays Sunday where if he doesn't throw the ball perfectly to Tyree Kill, it's picked off and they lose that ball game. But he's accurate enough to do it. So. I like him a lot. I think top 10 is reasonable when he's on the field. He is, by the way, he is like one teammate just slapping him on the head away from ending his career. Nah, that he is, took jiu-jitsu, brother. Yeah, well, that's true. He <laughs> might, be, might be true, but I mean, he's, 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 he's treading on uh, thin ice there. All right. All right. Justin Fields is the worst quarterback in the NFC North. Mm. I'll start it off. Sure. I'm neither buying or selling this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put it on the credit card and just put, think about it in six weeks. I gave myself six, six weeks to give an honest opinion on Justin Fields 
and I'm still going to stick to that. I'm not going to let one week overreact. He didn't look good. Was not very good. So six weeks, and I'll, I'll give you my full-blown opinion on whether Justin Fields was bad. Before week one, I was, I was on the fence. I was getting ready to hop over to the good side. Now I'm back square on top of the chain link. I am selling because Justin Fields is not the worst quarterback in the North. It is a guy that plays for Green Bay and Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the worst quarterback. <laughs> Great. So I, I think Justin Fields is a more talented guy. I think you want Justin Fields on your team over Jordan Love. I, th I would say 31 out of 32 teams agree. 31 out of 32 teams want Justin Fields over Jordan Love. I think, ju I, I think Justin Fields, what he lacks with his arm talent, he makes up for as a runner. And I know Trace likes to – it's crazy that Trace knocks on a quarterback who runs – with his obsession with running backs in the NFL. But it's, it is it is true. Justin Fields is able to make plays with his legs. I think his offensive line is one of the worst in NFL history. Here we go. So I, it's true. I mean, it's true. So I think he was pressured the most out of any NFL or out of any uh, quarterback this week, except for Daniel Jones, who that's was what just happens abused. what when you hold on to the ball. He was, he, he, what was that? I said that's what happens when you hold on to the ball. But keep okay, going. all right. I mean – Listen, I, I think Justin Fields doesn't have a whole lot of time to throw, and when he doesn't have time, he scrambles and he runs. He makes plays. Justin Fields is electric. Jordan Love sucks. Go ahead, Trace. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're looking for quarterback uh, play in the NFL and you're trying to think of all the different franchises that might have an eye for talent, they might have a keen eye to see who might be successful in the NFL and who might not. Of course, everybody turns to the Chicago Bears and thinks that's the franchise that I'd like to go to. And everyone thinks the Packers, nah, they know nothing about the quarterback position. I think it's pretty simple. We've heard this time and time again. This clearly was a bit for Reed to try to get me to go off about Justin Fields. And they want me to say everything he could possibly say about Justin Fields just in case he turns it around. They have every clip known to mankind. Well, I'll give you another clip if you'd like it, Reed. Justin Fields sucks. He's not good. He's never been good. He's continued to be bad since he got in the NFL, and everybody does everything. Little little pity party every time Justin Fields doesn't play well. Oh, it's his offensive line. They're not very good. He gets pressured. It's got nothing to do with the fact that the dude holds the ball for 10 seconds. He's got one read. He's basically like one read Ricky back there. And down and hut. And then if the guy that's open, uh, the very first look is not open, well, then guess what he does? He pulls it down and decides to run. Well, when those little legs stop working, which they will at some point, because this is the NFL, the Not For Long League, you're going to find out real soon, Chicago, that those legs probably, I'm not wishing injury, I'm not wishing it, of course I'm not wishing it, to be clear, but he's going to get hurt. He's going to get injured, because that's what running backs in the NFL do get. They do get hurt. Because if you get hit enough times in the NFL, just ask Tua. It doesn't work out for you. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers still with a torn Achilles could probably go out and lead the Bears to a better record than Justin Fields will. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think the Bears team just stinks. Um, and I think Justin Fields, if he was on the Eagles roster, I mean, I think he would perform very similar to Jalen Hurts. I really do. Um, you look at some of the metrics here. He had one of the highest drop rates, so receivers dropping the ball in the league. He had one of the better adjusted percentage throws in the league. Um, he was pressured quite a bit on just 26 dropbacks, um, one of the top top in the league. I mean, I think Green Bay, we're, we are – I'm not saying that the, the Bears are 
what the game Sunday told me more about the Packers than it did the Bears. Yeah, I know. I did that on purpose. Um, so I think I think the I think the Bears are probably an 800 team, and I think their offense, the scheme, just stinks, man. I mean, like you said, he's not a. I don't think he's a top quarterback. I'll just get that out of the way. I don't think he's a top quarterback because he only makes one or two reads, and then he exactly. he has to run has to run away. Well, Jalen Hurts is very similar to that. He makes one or two reads and then he runs. Or, you know, they, they scheme up RPOs for him where he only has to make one or two reads on the left side of the field. And he's very good at the deep ball. I think Justin Fields could be really good at the deep ball too. But the offense is not predicated for that. And they don't have the talent for that. So I don't know what, what that whole elaborate rant was about for Justin Fields on my on my case, but I guess I'm selling. I guess I'm on your side on, on this yeah, one. I but just I think don't know how you could watch a football fine. game, Casey, and not have the conclusion that you just came up with, which is, is listen, I, I know people want to sit here and say it's personal about Georgia, this, that, and the other. Listen, it's not personal. I could care less. He didn't win anything at Ohio State. He hasn't won anything for the Bears, and he didn't win anything while he was at Georgia. So he's just never won. And, and the second part of that is is that Georgia's won back-to-back national championships. Trust me. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, my hatred has gone completely away. That I used to have a little bitterness toward to have to listen to Ohio State fans every year tell me how good their program is, this, that, and the other. Of course I did. But you know what? I'm past that. I'm past that. I've grown up. Um, I'm a man. I'm not 40 yet, but I'm a man. And I think if you watch the football game with Justin Fields playing in it, you quickly realize there's not a whole lot of intellectual thoughts that go on there. And in order to win in the NFL, you more times than not, it takes, it takes IQ. It, it requires you to read a defense and go through multiple progressions through your read. What's crazy is, is the same reason and what you say and the reason why Joe Burrow is elite. The reason Joe Burrow is elite is because he's everything that Justin Fields is not. He's never going to outsmart you. Ever. He'll, he'll out-athleticism you. He will without question do that. That dude is unbelievable when it comes to athleticism. I'm being dead serious when I say this. He is the best athlete, perhaps, in the NFL. When I say he's the best running back in the NFL, you think I'm being a bit... I'm being serious. Like, he escapes more pressures. He gets out of more jams than any quarterback that I've ever seen, including Michael Vick. Now, you might think I'm crazy for saying that, but go watch Justin Fields play. He is elite at that. The problem is, is that doesn't work over time. You don't build and quote-unquote say you have a franchise quarterback because of the way that he plays. If you put a perfect team around him, could he be successful? Maybe. But to say that he's one of the top-level guys and have the audacity to say that he could be an MVP, I just don't understand how that could even be a thing. It's impossible. What's the next buy or sell topic? Uh, for for what it's worth, I, if the the question was is is he the worst quarterback in the NFC? Yes, NFC I'm team? buying that. Okay, I'm just saying like I would I would rather have him Jared Goff. Good. Jared Goff, I would is the only quarterback I think I'd rather have over over Justin Fields. Really, you don't you think Kirk Cousins is that bad? You said in the opener yesterday, I'm tired of talk, talking about the new nightmare. We're done over it. Yeah, I am over that. It doesn't mean on. he's a bad quarterback. Moving on. I'd rather be the new nightmare than, than to be just completely dead. Moving on. The New York Jets should tank for Caleb Williams. 
buying or selling. Ooh, nice. Because, I mean, we're saying Aaron Rodgers is is probably not going to come back. We had that. Elliot thinks he's going to come back. I think he isn't. Um, they still – I mean, they won seven games with Zach Wilson last year. Could they could they sneak in and win nine games and, and still be competing for a postseason? I don't know. But should they just – should they just throw the flag after beating the Bills week one and just say, hey, season's over. Let's go after Caleb Williams. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Their schedule is one of the most difficult schedules in the league. They play at, at – so they, they beat the Bills. They travel to Dallas. Then they play the Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Uh, they'll play the Chargers as well, uh, the Bills again, obviously. I think it's a tough schedule. I, I don't think there's a scenario where they tank as – I mean, they have elite talent. They just got Dalvin Cook. I don't think they're going to tank, but at the same time, I do think if you're if you're the Jets front office, you have to look at this and say we have a tough schedule. We no longer have a quarterback, and we have a good team around the quarterback. So you have to you have to look at it. I don't think I don't think Zach Wilson is going to win you a bunch of games. So if that's the strategy, I think you keep Zach Wilson. I'm not going to say they tank. I'm going to sell it, but I think they are they are more than okay with losing out. If they, if, they, if they were to not win a game this season, they'd be okay with that. Yeah, I think I, I'm selling this too. I don't think that they should. I don't think that they should throw the, the towel in on the season yet. Because like I said, they just they just beat the Bills in week one. I mean, is, is it an ideal situation that the quarterback that you brought in is going to be done for the season and you go right back to the drawing board with Zach Wilson? No. But Zach Wilson won seven, won, I think he had a winning record as a, as a starter last year. I might be crazy on that because he was hurt for a, a long time. I know he won the majority of the games that he started. Um, I'll get back to that. But I, I, I think that they still can compete for a postseason spot. So, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely going to sell. I don't think they should tank. They were 5-4 and four with Zach Wilson last year. So. Yeah, Zach Wilson's a guy that's going to have to play better for them to have any remote chance. And maybe he can. If, if, if you wanted to convince yourself as a Jets fan that everything might be okay, it's this. At least you don't know 100% what you have in Zach Wilson. Maybe, just maybe, there's a miracle that happens here. With Under the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers, he gets significantly better. Certainly didn't look at last night, but you could also make the case that last night was an unfortunate situation where he got thrown into a game. He didn't have any time to really prepare. He didn't have time to go with the ones at all, really, in, in the preseason. And... Maybe, just maybe, he is the first-round quarterback that you'd over, you'd hope for. Second overall pick. This guy is the second overall pick. Might I add, someone in the chat just said that everybody that was to, uh, drafted ahead of Justin Fields doesn't really play. Well, that's funny because Trevor Lawrence was picked ahead of him. He's doing pretty good. Zach Wilson just played last night. And um, those are the only other quarterbacks that were drafted ahead of him outside of Trey Lance, which I guess that you could just say that was because of injury. But here nor there. Um... You can't give up on the season when you have this good of a defense. Like, that's impossible. So I'm going to sell that, I think. Okay. Casey, buying or selling? Um, I'm selling. Okay. I'm selling. I, I just – it's hard to come back from that. So, I mean, I, I just – they can they can be – they can still even sneak into the playoffs. I mean, they, they were 7-9 and nine last year, right? I mean, or 7-10. and 10. They just flip a couple of those games around, and they're right there. The defense is good enough to do that. Um, maybe maybe they just bank on this offseason that Zach Wilson learned enough from Aaron Rodgers. I think that's what they should game plan for. I don't think they should go out and get another quarterback. 
Um, you're going to have your number one pick next year because Rodgers was hurt. So I don't know what you do with that. Maybe you do tank because you have that pick and then you go get your top left tackle or top right tackle, whatever you want to do there. But they're in a predicament. They're in a predicament. I don't know what, what's best for them. All right. Final one before we wrap up the show. The NFC is better than the AFC. I'll start <laughs> this one right off. I don't care what happened in week one. Nope. AFC is better because they got better quarterbacks. I'm going to sell, 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 sell. I think the NFC stinks. I think they legitimately have two, comp- two contending teams for a Super Bowl. They have the Eagles. They have the 49ers. The 49ers don't have a quarterback. Did you forget the Cowboys? No, I, I didn't. You very, very easily did not. Nope. Dak Prescott. You like Dak Prescott as your, as your playoff quarterback? I don't. So they have two teams. Other than that, they have nothing and nobody, especially in the NFC North. Sell. So. So, something wrong? I guess we're going to do this again. Do this again. Um, we were right last year. We're gonna do this again. I I uh, I'm not gonna say the NFC is better, but to sit here and think that the NFC doesn't have some teams that are at the top that clearly might not just be better than everybody is completely wrong. It kind of goes back to the point that I've always made, where people want to argue about the SEC, and I get the idea that the SEC is completely down. I know I'm going back to college football here for just a half a second, so bear with me when I'm trying to bring my point to fruition here is that if you're, if you're elite at the top, then what's it really matter? I mean, yeah, you can sit here and convince yourself that, oh, you got to beat some decent teams to get a chance to go there. Oh, you got to beat the Jaguars, okay. Uh, you got to beat the Bills because they've looked so good. What do you got to beat to get to the top? Eventually, you do have to beat someone good. Obviously, the Chiefs, I guess you could argue, are right there. Maybe you're going to convince yourself that the Dolphins are really good, which I, I put them up there at the, my, in my power rankings. I think they are good. But I also know to get through the Eagles and to get through the 49ers and to get through the Cowboys, good luck. Good luck. Because that's really what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. Is you're going to have to go through two of those teams or one of those teams at least. And that's all that really matters at the end of the day for the top echelon of the league. Now, if you want to say it's deeper, that's what the SEC convinces you of all, all the time. But I don't know if that's actually true or not, to be honest. But what is true in the SEC and what is true in the NFC is that they have elite level teams at the very, very top care less what the bottom looks like because it's relevant so i am going to uh buy that for that reason okay okay kc cc AFC, afc is better man and it just is. is they got better teams they have more better teams too i mean right it's just that simple honestly i mean i you have two top echelon that's because what the, that's what the media tells you that's not that's You're based off of my own opinion, my, my own formulated and you are the media scouted opinion. No, I'm not. I mean you've got two juggernauts. You got the 49ers and the Eagles, then what? Cowboys? Right. So if three, you look at three, you three look, of the best teams in the NFL. They, they have they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, okay, but that's about let's it. play a fun little game that is uh, if you look at the eight teams that, that you could maybe convince yourself of winning the Super Bowl, three are NFC teams, five are AFC teams. Outside of the Cowboys, there's not a single NFC team that you think can win the that, – that can besides the Cowboys, 49ers, and Eagles, there's not a single NFC team that you can convince yourself can win a Super Bowl. You can convince yourself that the Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins uh, – am, am I missing one here? Uh, J- 
Jaguars? Ja- I mean, I'm sure I can convince myself that the Jaguars can win. If Easy you can convince yourself the Jaguars can win, then, then, then I can convince you the Packers or Vikings can win. Or the Lions, actually. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think it, I think it's, I think it's vastly different. Because the, the Jaguars, Jaguars and the Lions Jaguars, the same, are the same. Jaguars play in the worst division in the sport. They have an easy schedule. If they get a one seed, they win two games, they're in a Super Bowl. The only reason that it'd be harder for the Jaguars. Ooh, wow, you got to go through the Jacksonville Jaguars to get to the Super Bowl. Well, the yeah, AFC. the only reason that the Jacksonville Ooh. Jaguars would have a worse chance than a team from the NFC North to win the Super Bowl is because they'd play more teams in the playoffs that are, that are really, really good. Jaguars also. If you, if, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If you plop, if you plop the Bengals down, if you plop the Bengals down in the uh, in the NFC wildcard race and the AFC wildcard race, is it really that much of a different path to get to the Super Bowl? I mean, do you really do you really have to play that much more difficult teams to get to the Super Bowl? Yeah, you'd probably have to play one one team to get to. You probably what two teams would play each other in the NFC divisional rounds. Yeah. To those top teams, and you play one. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what are we saying? Here? One, one team. Who is that? You, you're going to have to play the, the Baltimore Ravens, who we haven't even mentioned. They'd be by far the fourth best team in the NFC. Okay, you think you think that the Ravens are better than the? Uh, are the Ravens even better than the, than the? I know the Giants got smashed, but you're going to say you're make fun Ravens of me. Ravens better than the than the Giants yeah, or the Vikings? A, are we having that? Conversation? Yeah. Are the Ravens better than the Vikings? Yeah. What a way yes. to end this show. Yes. What a way to end. God. I'm just asking. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to jump to conclusions. Are we sure the Bengals are better than the Vikings? I don't know. I mean, this, yeah. this is these are, the, these are the questions that we're asking. I guess we're just going to assume that on paper everybody's still good again. That's what we're going to do. We're going to assume they're all good again because the Lions are the Lions and uh, and the Browns are the Browns because that's the way it works every year. We'll see how it all ends up. But this has been Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. We'll be back tomorrow. Why? Because we come your, your way every single day, Monday through Friday from 10 hey. to 12. Hey. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday at 10 a.m. Take care, everybody.